You're listening to The Nerd Table on CKCC Radio, starring Dan Peck. Have you seen the card for the New Japan show tomorrow? It's going to be sweet. Eric Flores. Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, go ahead. And CKCC Radio's founder, Chris O'Mealy. Breaking news. I have a crush on Sasha Banks. Listen to CKCC Radio wherever you find your favorite podcast. Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to another fun-filled edition of The Nerd Table. I am Chris O'Mealy, and I was almost flying solo this week. Uh, Eric and Dan are both unavailable this week, so what am I going to do? What can I do? Easy enough, I sent out a beacon of hope. And it was answered by three angels come down from the heavens or possibly up from hell. I'll let you decide after this episode's over. We'll see how this goes first off. But yes, I have three special guests joining me this week. And I'd like to go around the room and introduce all of them to you. I will start with the most frequent guest we have had on the show before. You know him as another host of CKCC Radio Podcast. And you know what? I'm not even going to plug his stuff. I'm going to let him plug it. Please welcome back Jeff Trelowitz. Hey, everybody. Good to be back. Yep, I just released the 50th episode of Ranking Tracks, as opposed to the 50th episode of Real Paranormal Talk, which was in December. And yeah, I just have a couple other things that I have planned for this uh, wonderful network. Including a brand new podcast where you review movies. Yes, I. that one is not going to be as frequent as the others, but I'm going to pop in whenever I watch something that I think deserves to be talked about and uh, may even record one tonight. There you go. When the, when the mood strikes you for a movie, you get another review by Jeff. Joining us on the show, making his second appearance, is one of our wonderful loyal patrons, Mr. Brian James Leon. The beacons are lit. Gondor calls for aid. And Brian answered. <laughs> yes. Leon. Uh, Leon. But I, I like as long as you don't I, say I, like my I had a I had a middle school teacher that would say it like French, like Brian Leon, and I'm like, no, <laughs> Leon. so far off, so far off, off course. <laughs> Does it... <laughs> no, are are you even a little French? No, I am. I am the weirdest mix. I'm German, Irish, Swedish, and Mexican. That's a hell of a mix. That actually sounds delicious, though. If that was going to be like an entree, <laughs> I, I would take all that food here. Uh, and then Ellis Island orgy. <laughs> and also welcome to the show, the host of Jay Bunny's Music Hub, the man known as Jay Bunny himself, Jason Shin, joining us for the first time. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's good to be back on a show with you, uh, Chris, after all of the times that I, you know, the, the 11s that I did for the Club Cafe podcast. Well, this thing does go to 11, so. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Jason, tell everybody about your show. Yeah, so Jay Bunny's Music Hub, it's something that it doesn't really have too much of a schedule. If you've ever listened to the show, I always say it happens in its own time. Uh, last episode was released about a month ago uh, with Doc Coyle from Bad Wolves and God Forbid. I interview musicians and bands and ask them you know, where they've been, where they are, where they're going, and how they feel about the current state of music. Uh, Doc was a return guest to the show. I had him on in the first year of the podcast before bad wolves got signed. And so it's, it was an interesting, um, interesting conversation to get to catch up with him and find out how he's been doing since 
his band exploded to being one of the biggest bands in the rock and metal scene today. Uh, don't have anything booked yet for the month of February, but uh, I do have a publicist that's always sending stuff my way. So if I can't find anything that I am particularly, you know, any bands that I am reaching out to to get, I can always uh, grab one of her bands and put a new show out. So hopefully we'll have at least uh, one new show. I'm going to been really busy lately you know, chris you came to my new house back in october and being a new homeowner takes up a lot of your fucking time so you know the podcast may be less frequent but i'm going to keep doing it as long as it makes sense to do so well that's just it like i've never once held anybody on ckcc radio to a schedule that was the whole the whole part of the network was i want you guys to put out content but i want you to put out the content when you're available to put it out because I feel like if you're holding to a schedule, then you're going to have times when you're not going to produce the best stuff, which right. I think I think makes sense, you know, because there's going to be times when you just don't have anything to talk about. Yeah, I do. You know, what's fun, though, I've done them a couple times. You were on one, actually, you know, when I don't have musician guests. You know, I do like to do the uh, or the roundtable episodes where we talk about a subject, and I know that you were on at least one of those. You know, so I may do I may do more of those as well, just because those are fun. Uh, roundtables are always a good time. The difficulty with those is I always like to include music in the podcast, and if some if if I do a roundtable and nobody in the roundtable is in a band, then I've got to reach out to labels and stuff still to get clearance to use music, uh, which hasn't actually ever been an issue, but it's just. It can be. You know what you should do? You should just play a random piece of stock music, free stock music, and just let us review it. All right, well, up next, we're reviewing this loop from GarageBand. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I, as I sip on my tea, the drum solo was quite invigorating. Yes. So, so what do you do when, you're, when your regular podcast hosts are unavailable? You, you grab guests for wherever you can get them, and it's cool to have a combination of content creators and patrons, in Jeff's case, both, on the show. So, I'd say if you reached out to me, you must have been desperate. Uh, oh, always. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> as, as you're scrolling through the phone book looking, <laughs> looking for those desperate booty calls, and you, you come to the one that you're like, ugh. But uh, but it needs to happen. So oh God, this guy's just gonna be drunk and talk about sex all the time. Fine. Yes. Well, the Nerd Table audience does have quite a few Club Kayfabe listeners on it from the old wrestling podcast. But for some uh, for some of the newer listeners who were not antiquated to you and your antics, this is going to be a fun time for them. <laughs> but uh, I, I think I think I quickly want to just tell the story because I promised I would only tell the story. When you were on the show, but one time, uh, <laughs> at band camp, one time while we were recording the wrestling podcast, uh, Jason needed to take a break and decided to piss out his window. However, he was not muted like he thought he was. So all of a sudden in the middle of our conversation about wrestling, we hear, no, it's fine. I'm, I'm just going to piss out the window. And we just come to a grinding halt. We're like, what? And then you're just like, wait, was I not on mute? No, you were not. Yeah, well, because I was, uh, I was at, at my old house. We were upstairs far from the bathroom. I drink a lot whenever I podcast with you because it makes it entertaining, uh, but it also makes you have to pee. 
And so my my girlfriend was in the room, and I had had I had back surgery a bunch of years ago, and when I left the hospital, they had given me this piss jug basically. Um, and I was asking Casey if she could find it for me because I really had to pee and didn't want to leave, and she was busy or couldn't find it or whatever. And I was like, yeah, fine, I'll just piss out the window because there's a window right next to me. And I I had hit the mute button on the like little assembly of buttons in the middle of the wire of the microphone or the headset, and uh, apparently that didn't actually work. <laughs> <laughs> Making nope. history on CKCC. <laughs> I mean, let's not forget the other time that I had to leave a CK, uh, the, the Club Cafe podcast to go vomit. Yes, because you were hungover. I was, I'm, I'm uh, noticing yeah. a pattern here. It was very hungover from an interesting night of debauchery the night before. You, you always made the show interesting uh, because you would just come on and... I remember there were times when you weren't even watching the modern pro wrestling product and you had no idea what was going on, which somehow made it more entertaining because this in the later years of the show is when a lot of us started falling out of watching wrestling on the weekly basis. So it made it more interesting because I'm like, I don't really want to talk about this crap. I'm like, oh, wait, but Shin's going to be on and he'll do something stupid and or funny. (laughs) So we still on impact. Yeah, that was Joey image. That wasn't me. (laughs) Oh well, you want to talk about you want to talk about stupid and and or funny. There's always going to be Joey Image. I can't blow that material till we have him on the show. But yes, <clears throat> so uh, what I kind of want to do is I was just going to toss the nerd table formula right the hell out the window with Jason's piss and just say just say hell with it, guys. Uh, we'll we'll kind of just talk about whatever's been going on in, in your respective worlds and everything, and I'll. I'll kick things off by discussing two games I started playing this past week uh, for the first time. One's a brand new game, and one is an older game that I picked up and decided to check out. Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2. I got it for the Nintendo Switch. I created my Saiyan warrior. I've decided to start off by being a Saiyan. You kind of have to. Yeah. And I, I wasn't really sure what to expect from the game. Um, I'm a big Dragon Ball Z fan, but I've never been that into the Dragon Ball Z video games because they've always been fighting games, and I'm not—I'm just not that big of a fighting game guy. But then I was—I started hearing about this game, and it's like, okay, yes, there's fighting in it, obviously, but it's got a whole story behind it, and it's an original story where you can create your own character. So I haven't gotten too far into it yet, but for those who are unaware... You join a force called the Time Corps. This is basically Loki, years before Loki was a thing. Where they are fixing the timeline, because in science fiction, that's a thing that's been a trope forever. So it seems like it's going to be a bit of fun. Uh, So far, the controls have been pretty easy to get used to. And I I do like the controls on the Nintendo Switch a lot. So thus far, pretty good. The other game I picked up was Pokemon Legends Arceus for the Nintendo Switch, which, as somebody who has been disenchanted with Pokemon for a very long time, one of the things was kind of the the standard Pokemon formula was getting kind of boring for me. I picked up Sword and Shield and didn't get very far into it because I was just, I got bored. And people were like, no, you you need to check this game out because it stays true to what made Pokemon great, but it mixes up the formula. And 
I was all I knew I was gonna love it when I had to sneak into the tall grass for the first time and sneak up on a Pokemon and smash it out in the open. Like the tables have turned, bitch. <laughs> so uh, so far, it's been it's been pretty fun, and I like that it takes place in like this ancient, more futile Japan style era. Although you're still a modernized person, you've pretty much fell out of a time portal again with this damn time travel all over the place lately. So you are, but it's also something I like to do in Pokemon games, which is build the Pokedex. That's the point of the game is to create a complete Pokedex. And something I've never accomplished in any of the Pokemon. <laughs> I've done it once in the original Pokemon Blue. I did it the one time. I have not done it since. So, fun yeah. fact for the listeners is that Pokemon is how you and I became friends. Actually, that is true because you and I go back to well, for me, eighth grade. Yeah, which is a very, very long time ago. For uh, for timeline contextual purposes, when Jason and I became friends, the Y two K bug was still a thing. So that that's going to date us pretty heavily, right there. What's funny thinking about it is that is that you know you're you're doing this thing with the podcast now, but you've always been you as long as I've known you, you've always had something going on. The reason that we were introduced was that you were into Pokemon, but you also had that that Pokemon website. I did. That was my first ever website. I got really excited. So. <laughs> Uh, well, I'll kind of explain this to people who didn't grow up in this area, but one of our early-ass internet providers that we had access to was Warwick Online. Uh, Warwick, New York, which is over the border of Vernon, New Jersey. So we were literally getting our internet from another state. <laughs> Not from Warwick Davis? No, that would have been awesome. <laughs> that would have been amazing. I would have loved that. No, no, this this is shitty Warwick, New York. That uh, that Jason's well antiquated with because how long did you work in that shop right? I worked at that shop right for four years before I went to college and moved. I didn't even move away. Like I stayed in Jersey, but it just didn't make sense to work there anymore because William Patterson was like two hours away or whatever from Warwick. <laughs> By the way, can I just talk about what bullshit it was to work at the shop right in New York? when tax season came and you got fucked on taxes because you were working in New York, even though you were living in New Jersey. Well, I'm going to have to, I mean, I'm, I'm still working in New York, so I'm going to, that's going to be fun to deal with. And, and I'm super not to get like off of nerdy shit, although I guess taxes could be considered nerdy shit. The people who do your taxes are nerdy shit. <laughs> Math um, nerd. <laughs> you know, I looked at my, I looked at my, my W2 and I was like, man, I didn't take out any federal or New Jersey tax from my paycheck. They only took out New York. But then I checked, and they did the same thing last year, and I wound up still getting a refund because that's that's at least something that having children is good for. There you go. <laughs> that's the way you worded that. But and if anyone wants, I have a great Warwick Davis story. Yes. So a friend of mine, when I used to live in Orlando ran a Harry Potter uh, fan club and it was Harry Potter's birthday and she was going to throw him a party. And I said, you know, he's a fictional character, right? Well, this was about the time of star Wars weekend. And she goes, and uh, 
because of that, I know Warwick Davis. And um, can you get me into the park to hang out with him? And I said, of course. And she goes, and you get to hang out with him too. And I said, hell yeah. So I got to spend a Star Wars weekend day with Warwick Davis and his family. Very cool people. His son, Harrison, also has dwarfism. And so about halfway through the day, I said, you know what? You guys are long friends, too. I'm going to give you the rest of the time together. I'm going to head home. And Warwick Davis stopped me, and he goes, so you're not even going to ask me for a picture or an autograph? And I said, you're walking the park today. I didn't think, you know, you wanted to be Warwick Davis movie star. And he goes, shut up and get over here, and we're going to take pictures. There you go. I was like, I was like if her, if if Warwick Davis wants to take pictures with me, I'm not going to say no. So we wound up taking several pictures, and I have, I still have them, and I have one of the pictures where his son just randomly walks into the frame, too. Dude, you're so That's over really that cool. Warwick Davis wanted a picture with you. Yeah, and this was long before I was even a podcaster. So over. I tend to try to be the guy that doesn't, you know, same thing. Like, I don't ask people for, for pictures or what have you. The only exception that I ever made to that sort of rule or whatever is a bunch of years ago, I was in New York City at a concert. I was seeing the band uh, Texas Hippie Coalition. Which for That's those a band are, name. Which, yeah, well, <laughs> no, they're really into weed, so they, they worked backwards from THC and came up with a band name. Of course, I mean, as you do. And so uh, they were the headliner, and one of the other bands on the bill was this uh, New York City-based rock band called Eve to Adam. And so after Eve to Adam's set ended, I see Dan Florick, who played Captain Kragen on Law & Order in the audience, like in the crowd. And I walked up to him, and and, and I was bullshitting with him a little bit, and I was like, listen, I don't normally do this, but no one is going to believe leave that I saw you at a metal show if we don't get a picture together. And so we took a picture and I've got it. I've, I've had it on my Facebook ever since of Dan Florick with me throwing up the heavy metal horns at a metal show. That's awesome. And it, and it turns out the reason that he was there was that he was had been cast in a music video for Eve to Adam at one point and like maintained a, a friendship with the band. And he was still on Law & Order at the time, so it was a show in New York City. He was based in New York City shooting the show, so he came out just to show support. It's pretty cool. Dude, I think I think everybody at some point in their lives will have a random encounter with a celebrity. So, this will... <laughs> my dad does not listen to the show, so I can tell these stories without him getting what is, upset. What is his maiden name again? Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god all, all the wrestling people just popped everybody else like what <laughs> we'll tell that story someday <laughs> all <When> right he's... <laughs> my dad was on business in new york city and he's walking down the sidewalk and this guy bumps right into him like moving really fast just goes oh excuse me sir and keeps going it was paul schaefer oh nice so that was that was like a really random encounter my favorite story ever though was uh when my father was growing up, he was working at the A&P that his, uh, his father was the manager for. And I forget, it was in one of the boroughs, and I don't remember which borough. So, but it was in New York City. One of the five. Yeah, one of the five. Uh, and my grandfather was the manager there, and he's, 
and he's got my dad basically like trying to stalk this guy down the aisles and he goes you need to watch that guy he's gonna rob the store because it was this hippie looking fellow you know back in the 60s we didn't trust those hippie looking fellows and he's he's trying to get my dad he goes you need to watch him he's like why he goes because I, I he looks suspicious he's gonna rob the store my dad goes no that's john lennon he's not going to rob the a&p i promise you that <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and no, John Lennon did not rob the A&P, in case anybody wants to know. <laughs> um, <It's> good to know. <laughs> so, the uh, the wrestling people will appreciate this, and I'll give a little backstory here, but my friend Kevin back in... I don't, th- I don't remember if we were actually back in high school when this happened, but he saw pro wrestling announcer Michael Cole at a restaurant, and he went up to the table... And Michael Cole, who's kind of a dick in real life, kind of surprised by that at all. Kind of rolled his eyes at him and was like, uh, "So let me guess, you want an autograph?" And Kevin's like, "No, I was actually going to wonder if you guys were using your ketchup because they didn't give us any for our table." And I'm like, "Did you really just approach him for ketchup?" He goes, "No, I actually approached him to see if I could get it." like a picture with him or something. But as soon as he was a dick, I decided to throw it back at him. And I always gave him a lot of credit for having the, the thought process to fire right back at him. Like, yeah, no, that is impressive. And also fuck Michael Cole. I used to work with his stepson. Yes. I remember Michael Cole's stepson because I met him. Was that it? Yeah. You worked at the Lowe's, right? I worked at Lowe's, right. And yes. they were, from, they were from Butler, which is where the Lowe's was. That was where I went after I left ShopRite because Lowe's was sort of perfectly the midway point between William Patterson and Vernon. So when I was living on campus, I could go to work. And when I was at home, I could go to work. So I, yeah, that makes sense. Two years. That makes sense. I remember that. Cause I, I met him there. I met up with, uh, my old friend, Anthony, who used to work there. Yeah. Penguin. Oh God. Anthony was a cool guy. I'm still in, I'm still in contact with him occasionally on Facebook. He's a good guy. Um, and I remember he was like, I forgot what we were meeting up for, but he was talking to somebody and he goes, yeah, that was Michael Cole's stepson. I was like, huh? I go, he looks like he could kick Michael Cole's ass. Hmm. <laughs> he had actual muscles. Yeah, but... I heard there was a reason for that, though. <laughs> oh, was there? And not, and, it, and, it, and it wasn't and it wasn't the the gains in the gym. Oh boy. <laughs> well, that is what it is. Did he go? I have no exciting celebrity stories. The most famous person I've ever met was Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> yes, but he's it, pretty exciting. But in wrestling terminology, that could be a cool encounter. So yeah, yeah. I was at a, um, a Dragon Gate USA show the night before WrestleMania 26. And he just happened to... Was he, like... Did, was it was he like a meet and greet thing was, before the oh, show. Oh, okay. I, I was going to say, like, was he working or was he just there? Yeah, he was working. It was a meet and greet thing. Uh, I remember he was there. Z. Brian Kendrick was there. A um, bunch of Japanese people. I don't remember their names. I remember Teddy Hart and... Um, oh, God. What's the guy that he would always tag team with? <laughs> I don't know. All I know is that Teddy Hart's a dick. He was there. He wasn't at the meet and greet, though. Uh, Jack something. Jack Evans? Yeah, Jack Evans was there. My buddy met Jack Evans, but I didn't. Well, I wouldn't want to meet him either, but... Apparently he said he was really chill, but... 
My favorite, my favorite, I've told this story before, but my favorite random celebrity encounter was the time I took a piss next to Howard Stern at Yankee Stadium. I mean, right. that's, I, I, it really doesn't get much more random than that, right? Because. No, it really doesn't. <laughs> does Yankee Stadium have a piss trough? No, it does not. And no, I, oh, and, and people have also asked me this. No, I did not look. I was thinking it. I know you were. I knew you were. <laughs> I wasn't thinking it because I've heard you say that you did not look. So, <laughs> no, I know. I did. well. Here's the thing. I also didn't know I was peeing next to him until people pointed it out, and he was already gone from the urinal. Like, like an after the fact realization. And I'm like, that's Howard Stern. <laughs> like, yeah, I just took a piss next to Howard Stern. Okay. Well, all happened. And I, I, I randomly saw Gene Snitsky walking the streets of New York City when I was there for a concert at one point. Yeah, but he's he lives pretty local here, so like he's shown up randomly at wrestling shows that I've that I've been to. All of a sudden he's just there. My <laughs> one of my favorite ones though was we were at a show in Jersey, and I don't remember exactly where we were, but one of the girls that was wrestling on the show was Talia Madison who later became Velvet Sky in Impact Wrestling. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I, was, I knew that name. And she was on the show, which was... And while the promoter was out there, he mentioned something about how all these people will just, like... He's like, I can't believe some of these people will just show up at these shows, not let you know that they're there, and they just sit around and stalk in the crowd. And he goes, what's up with that? And he kind of looks up at the balcony, and of course we all look too, and there's friggin' Hurricane Helms. Just rolling his eyes that he just got pointed out because they were dating at the time. So he came to his supporter and he was still actively working for WWE at the time. So he didn't want to get noticed. Uh, it's like when the, the, the Highlander guys showed up to uh, impact. Oh, yeah. OK, you know what? This is a funny story that the non-wrestling fans are going to appreciate. So a guy working for WWE showed up to the competition's promotion as a regular fan in the crowd. The competition realized he was there, put the camera on him, and identified him, and WWE got mad and fired him immediately. <laughs> that is a true story that happened. I remember that. You do not even have to be a wrestling fan to understand why that's funny. Which was a shame, because I thought their gimmick was actually pretty fun. They were <laughs> just getting a push, too. They were drunk Scotsmen! Who can't relate to that? I'm Rory, and I'm Robbie. And they're drunk. And they're wearing kilts. I mean, I relate to that. Yeah, I have a, kilts are really comfortable. Well, I have a bit of Scottish blood in me, talking about weird mixtures of, like, our nationalities and what we are. I don't have any idea what I am. My my uh, Every time I ever asked, because people wanted to know growing up and for school projects and stuff, every time I asked my dad, he just said, oh, we're, we're Heinz 57 variety. We've got a little bit of everything in us. <laughs> I am okay, so... Italian... I am Russian, and I am Polish. I was going to say Trelowitz is a Polish name, right? Yep. But I'm 50% Italian, but it's all on my mother's side with the last name of Grillo. Well, same. That This is where the Joey Image made a name story argument came from, because I was defending Joe being made fun of for being Italian. And he's like, but your last name is O-something. I'm like, dude, I'm still half Italian. My mom is full-blooded. Like, that's how that whole thing came about. Yes, I have a very Irish last name, but I'm actually less than a quarter Irish. 
I'm actually people, more German than I am Irish. People think because of my last name that I'm Asian, but it's actually I, I had a girlfriend look it up you're, at one point. You're Asian. <laughs> that's true. That's true. No, uh, I had a girlfriend look it up one time and said that it's like derived from some Irish name, which I guess makes more sense because I'm not actually Asian. But it was hilarious when I used to work for Samsung and they would just send emails in Korean to anybody with an Asian sounding name. So I'd get all these weird emails that had nothing to do with me that I couldn't read because they were in Korean. That's not at all racist, by the way. (laughs) Not at all, no. (laughs) This guy, Uh, well, you sound Asian. I don't know. I think I sound more Canadian than anything. I'm blown away that you're not Asian, but you know, whatever. If anyone would sound Canadian, I think it would be me. Well, yes, I, I, you do sound Canadian. I've heard that come out before. I tend to pop off with the boots sometimes, not not intentionally at all. It was something that my grandfather did that that I just acquired, I guess. And and I, I remember I called into a radio show once. I called into when when K Rock out of New York City still existed. And I called in to tell a story about, like, an ex-girl. They were having a call-in segment where you told, like, ex-stories. And I called in to tell a story about my ex, and, and I, I lit in a boot fly. They're like, are you calling us from Canada? Are you Canadian? I was like, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, everybody gives Canadians a hard time for the A thing, but I hardly ever hear that. One thing that I notice a lot, like a boot, but they say house weird. They pronounce it house. House? Mm. House? What's that all about? I love. I, I'm. I'm sorry, but the best take on Canadians ever is South Park. <laughs> Where I'm it, not your guy, buddy. I'm not your buddy, friend. He's not your friend, guy. Chris, I sent you that that uh, uh, the meme, right? The fucking uh, crazy town meme. Probably. It was like going around a week or two ago where they they gave all the guys in Crazy Town like South Park Canadian heads. It was like, "Come my buddy, come come my buddy," or something like that. <laughs> You're my butterfly, sugar buddy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So- South Park with that. Canadian stuff is is friggin' great. It's so because to... it's so absurd, it's not like it can really be offensive. Because did did anybody see the uh, the South Park COVID specials? I read I about it. I didn't watch it though. Okay. The ones on the ones on Paramount Plus. Plus? Yes, they were on Paramount yeah. Plus. One of my favorite parts is when Ike is trying to get home, and he he's at the airport arguing with the lady, and she's like, "I'm sorry, sir, I don't speak Canadian. Hang on." So she's like, "She's like, can you talk to this guy? He speaks Canadian." He's like, "Sure." Hey, what seems to be the problem, buddy? <laughs> like the guy just starts. <laughs> that's how he talks to him. I was actually going to ask if anybody saw the new episode that aired this week. I did. Pajama Day. So I, I, I noticed, I saw that there was like some, before I watched it, there was like some sort of controversy abound online because Mr. Mackey's voice was slowed down and sounded kind of different. I didn't even notice, honestly. I mean, he was barely in the episode, but like the few lines he had, he did sound a little different. And, and there was like all of this speculation as to, you know, if that's going to play into some sort of future storyline where maybe they reveal that he got COVID and so it fucked with his voice somehow, or maybe it was just a technical glitch because 
people online like ripped the ripped the audio and sped it up a little bit and then the voice sounded fine so they so they're saying oh maybe it was a technical issue but like it was funny that he he only had like two or three lines in the whole episode and it became this whole big fucking thing yeah okay i think people it never are... happens people I... never overreact <laughs> maybe it was just a different voice actor Who let's knows? let's find let's find signs of stuff that have nothing to do with anything on this week's episode of red herrings yeah right. <laughs> no no no. Communism was just a red herring. That is a great movie, by the way. If anybody caught that reference, nope. No, nobody. Can't say that it did. Clue. Oh yeah, I've never seen that. It is a fantastic comedy. What I loved about the Clue movie is, well, first off, it's the only successful board game to movie adaptation ever made. Because Battleship was garbage. I, Not, I was going to say, there's been others, but yeah, Battleship. That's right. They're going to make a Tetris movie somehow. I, I don't understand how, but that's a thing <laughs> that is in production. Okay. Well, I mean, all right. They're, are they so strapped for original ideas that they're just reaching for any straw they can... What's a you know what? That we I will take an original idea based off something else, which technically is not an original idea, over... God, no, like, do we need a Scream 6 now, even though Scream 5 was just called Scream, making it Scream 1? <laughs> no, why? I, okay, that's a, that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. I and hate. Please, God, no more Fast and Furious movies. I hate oh, when no, franchises do this. I hate when franchises do this. Why did you not just call it Scream 5 or give it something else? It's just Scream. That makes me think it's a remake of the original Scream. Well, it's like when the new, uh, the first new Halloween came out. It was called Halloween. Yep. <sighs> but it wasn't a reboot. It was a sequel. But it was Halloween does this weird thing. I don't know how much any of you guys follow it. Halloween does this weird thing where they just retcon everything every few movies. Yes. Well, no. So, I mean, of. yes and no. I mean, that's the big thing to do now. I mean, the there's a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre coming out that retcons everything but the original. So what a lot of these horror franchises are doing is they're admitting that most of their sequels were garbage and shouldn't have been done. So they're just doing a do-over. Well, that was like a couple of summers Hall ago when I watched the Halloween's Friday done the that th three times though. Yeah. Well, a couple <laughs> of summers ago I did the I did the Friday the 13th marathon because I'd never seen all of them before and I watched every single one and I I I got to that 2007 one. It was 2007 or 2009 whenever it came out. 2009. Thank you. And I watched it, and I was like, this was actually pretty good, but I wish that they had given it a number because it's still technically a sequel. It's still part of the lore. Why didn't they just why why didn't they just number it or name it something? I don't know. Like, I thought that one was supposed to be a reboot, and it was supposed to be like a retelling of That was what I thought it was, yeah, but it, it, took it place wasn't. It was at a summer camp, too. But it wasn't a retelling of anything. It was, it was actually, because there was like one of the guys... One of the main characters was related to somebody who was one of Jason's first victims. So, like, it was it was still a continuation. And don't get me wrong, it was it was very good. It was it was certainly better than the last three Friday the Thirteenth that came before it. Jason takes Manhattan, aka Jason on a boat. <laughs> Jason goes to hell, aka Jason's not in this movie, but his spirit is. And then Jason X, which is Jason <laughs> in space. Jason on a space boat. <laughs> Jason on a space boat. 
Which is still better than Speed 2 on a boat. Cruise control? (laughs) What if we called it the bus that could not slow down? (laughs) The little bus that couldn't. (laughs) And I have this great movie about about a park full of genetically engineered dinosaurs. I call it Billy and the Clonosaurus. What could possibly go wrong there? Speaking of sequels, has anybody seen the new Matrix movie? Yes. I watched it before it expired from HBO Max. So did I. And Chris, you are not the only one who has never seen a Matrix movie, because neither have I. I really really don't know if I want to at this point, because... I never saw even the original one? No. Nope. Wow. The original one is groundbreaking. You can take it as completely standalone and ignore the sequels if you want to. I don't even think the first, the second and third one were as bad as everyone considers them to be. It's just they didn't reach that same pinnacle that the first movie did. Yeah, that new one was alright, I guess. Like I well, didn't. I I felt myself like looking at my phone and getting bored through it. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I mean, I haven't seen it, but if you'd like to offer a review at this point, I'm interested in hearing it. At me... The first part of it, like the first quarter of it or so, it does this really cool meta thing that makes you almost kind of wonder like was the original movie like the story what we thought it was or are they flipping everything on its head and that was neat and then all that goes away and it becomes generic and unnecessary neil patrick harris was good yeah yeah that's one of the few redeeming factors i thought yeah they did this whole thing there's there's so i think it i mean I'm trying to be not spoilery. Yeah, I'm trying to too. be. I'm trying to be as 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 non-spoilery as possible. But there's a part in the movie before you know when when he's when they're in the Matrix, where where Neo is like a video game developer who has developed a video game series called The Matrix, and they're like, all right, we're gonna make a sequel to The Matrix, and he doesn't want to do it. And they're like, well, Warner Brothers is going to do it with or without you, so you can join us and, and make sure that it goes the way you want it to, or we'll make it without you, and you might not be too happy with the end product. And that's essentially what the creators were told when the Matrix, when this movie was greenlit, was like, you can join us or you cannot, but it's getting made. <laughs> yeah, so it's a weird meta take on creators being forced to continue something that they don't want to do by the, the, the money makers, but that's also exactly what this movie ended up being. Hmm. Okay. The All martial right. arts doesn't feel as like the first three Matrix movies. The sequels even do it a lesser extent. Martial arts felt like an integral part of the story, like it had its own identity. And in this one, the fight scenes were just generic, and they had lost all their uniqueness that the originals had. All right. So let me and ask you. Let me ask you guys this. Um, since you guys have seen the Matrix movies, is what I hear pretty accurate that like. The first one's worth seeing. The second one is not as good, but it's not as bad as people give it credit for. Most people seem to hate the third one unanimously. And then the fourth one's kind of been one of those... It's either with the third one or the second one on people's lists, pretty much, as far as what you f- your feelings towards it. Yeah, I really don't think there's anybody that thinks that three or four are... are fantastic groundbreaking movies (laughs) no i i wouldn't think that yeah but all right so it was cool that they kind of tried to expand the universe they had uh 
at one point after the third movie or around the time the second and third movies were coming out and after those were all released and they released the box set and then they had like the animatrix which was all these like anime side stories and stuff that was cool and i think that they have that on on hbo max at this point as well i've heard that's Um, really good but i've never seen them yeah i had that ultimate box set on on dvd when it first came out um and then they had that they had a uh uh MMORPG of the Matrix that was supposed to be a continuation of the storyline that I had wanted to play at the time, but even then, pre-children and everything, never had enough time to dedicate to that, to that type of video game, so I never played it. Um, but uh, I it played was... the Matrix game on the original Xbox, but I don't think that's... The no, there was one. like this PC MMO called... Uh... Matrix Online? Like Matrix Online. Yeah. That was and yes, to... the Animatrix is on HBO Max. That is actually pretty cool, though. So, but yeah, the, the, with the new one, like I didn't, I kind of, it was all right, but like it wasn't fantastic. I didn't like the the recasting of like two of the key characters. There was kind of no reason for that. Especially... And the one returning character they did bring back, the practical makeup that they had on her was so bad and distracting. I would have rather them just recast her. Right. Right. Ooh. Yeah, that could have been a recast, and they didn't. And then there was two that they should not have. You know, and one of them, one of the recasts was necessary because the actor wasn't available. The other one, he was like, "Yeah, they never even asked me." <laughs> Who is Lawrence Fishburne? <laughs> oh, good. And at that point, question. they should have just called him a different character. There's no point in even bringing back the name because right. They brought up some cool concepts like humans and machines working together in the real world that's never really expanded on. It's just like, that's a neat thing. Anyway. We made Would you food. like to know more about that? <laughs> We're not going to talk about it. <laughs> also, this movie disproves the theory that Keanu Reeves does not age. Aww, you see him that's sad. Fully shaved head and shaved beard, and he looks uh, weathered. No, no, no. Okay, no, I, didn't, I do not accept that. I do not accept this. Keanu Reeves is not allowed to age. What are you going to tell me next? That they're going to make a movie where Paul Rudd looks like he's actually his age? I don't accept that either. Well, Paul Rudd doesn't hide his face behind a beard, so... True. All right, that's I guess true. He's, he was oh. filming this one at the same time as he's making the new John Wick movie, so that's why they look almost the same. Right, right. Yeah, well, they were supposed to release around the same time before COVID fucked up their scheduling. They were supposed to release like the same week or a week apart initially. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. But, you know uh, what? So Chris, oh, you know what sucks yeah. about launching a podcast during the COVID era? How many times we have to mention it? <laughs> By the way, because this show I mean, started in 2020, so. I mean, it made for it made for when, when I on my show when I get bands that I, I don't necessarily know a lot about because it was just like the publicist offered it and I needed something to interview. Uh, you know, something to put out. It always makes for a good a good question to add to the list to ask, like the the musician, like, "Hey, so you know, how has it been being in a band in COVID? How do you feel about all of the stuff that bands have been doing to try and continue to make money in this era, such as doing online streams or you know, Metallica and some other real big bands at one point were like recording concerts and releasing them in drive-through or drive-in movie theaters and stuff. And so that makes for for good questions when you don't know what else to ask them because you don't know who they are. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I could see that. But well, that's like uh, I can't <clears throat> I can't mention this right now, but uh I have something in the works that I am working on right now for the network and 
that there is going to be an interview portion where there might be a time when I do have to ask a more generic question. So, yeah. No, I, I get it. Sometimes it does make for, for a good topic of conversation. And I think I think there are some things that that COVID did help during this period, like how many movies I got to watch in the like there were so many movies that came out in the last couple of years that I got to watch in my pajamas, sprawled out on my couch on my big screen television, like instead of actually having to go to the theater to see them and worry about kids crying and worrying about having to get up to pee and find Correct. what's the least impactful part of the movie to miss so I can go to the bathroom. For example, Onward, Raya and the Last Dragon, uh, Space Jam 2. These are movies I got to watch without having to deal with kids in the theater because that's one of the worst things about seeing a family-friendly movie. Still haven't watched Raya. I heard it was good, though. Very good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And then I keep seeing people talking about Encanto, and I haven't watched that yet either. I have not seen that yet. Yeah, it's on my list at this point because that's all I hear about. So I'm like, yeah, I should probably see it. I just, you know what? we When we moved, we moved out of my parents' house and bought our own place. And it took so long to get settled to the point that we are now. And we're nowhere near done unpacking or, or settling in or anything. But, like, I, I fell behind on tv watching and so i'm still trying to recover from like missing a month of tv back in september i'm still catching up on shit i just found out the other day just through the process of helping a customer at work that apparently BattleBots came back a month ago and i've been missing that so now i'm trying to catch up on that yeah you're you're like me you need to watch your stuff in order and i think you and i both have I don't, I'm not. I don't think you and I are OCD, really, but we're definitely oh, anal about stuff. And no pun intended for you, but oh, yeah, I, I love I love anal. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, by the Jason <laughs> Shin, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I think that's just one of those things that you end up. Uh, you, well, you don't to, really think about. You right? know what? To, to give you an idea of of the the OCDness of of myself is that I actually <clears throat> make. When it's a full franchise thing, like I started a full franchise watch through of uh, Star Trek. And so I made a list, and I have to update it because I haven't updated it in a couple months. I made a list of all of the Star Trek media uh, organized by Stardate um, so that I could watch it in the right order. What's funny is that the producers didn't pay a lot of attention to Stardate sometimes, so there's stuff that obviously is out of order when you watch it in Stardate order. <laughs> Especially there was there was one particular instance on, on Voyager that was like, no, this... This definitely should be flip flopped, even though the star dates don't read that way. Um, I made a similar list for uh, the Arrowverse. Uh, I started one for the DC animated universe, all the, the Batman, Superman, Justice League cartoons that came out in the 90s, but I haven't made too much progress on that. And then when I realized that now, you know, all of my. We moved out of my parents' house, my parents had cable. And now we're just using streaming services again, which is what I used to do. But things have become so fragmented now with everybody having their own streaming service. And this is here and this is there that I actually started making like a spreadsheet of like where each show airs and whether they're currently airing or not so that I can kind of keep track of shit because otherwise I'm going to lose things. Right. It's almost the same as having cable again because like there's 10 different streaming services and everything you care about is on a different one. Well, the South Park thing is super confusing to people because that that's a clusterfuck. Right, <laughs> because it's, now it's airing on MTV? Like, what the hell happened? Well, no, well, MTV so... MTV exists? 
<laughs> the thing with South Park, South Park, you know, for as long as it's existed, has been on Comedy Central, which is owned by Viacom CBS, which is the same company that that owns MTV. But they, so you would think then that you're going to be finding episodes of South Park on Paramount Plus, but South Park. Uh, Matt and Trey signed a deal with HBO Max to carry it when their contract with Hulu expired. So all of the actual episodes of South Park, except like the three that they've banned now, are on HBO Max. And then they signed a separate deal with Paramount for those movies. They were like, oh, we're going to give you 16 movies. And that's what those COVID specials were. And so you've got those movies on Paramount Plus, you've got the other episodes on HBO Max, and then it's still actually airing on Comedy Central. And if you don't pay attention to shit like that, you're utterly lost. <laughs> I'm lost in what you just said. <laughs> that I think you like write this shit down or something. That sounds like South Park in modern era. <laughs> like it's just too damn confusing. Well, it's like I have, I have customers. I have a similar situation where customers call into my job. Uh, I uh, I won't reveal what company I work for, but I work for a, a cable and internet provider, and. Uh, People call in trying to, sometimes they don't, I had somebody call in the other day, they're like, because the Winter Olympics is going on, which, uh, for the record, I give zero fucks about anything Olympic related, but they're like, okay, so... Uh, How I, dare I, you bash those Special Olympic kids? <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. No worries, no worries. But, uh, <laughs> so they're like, so I know that a lot of the Olympic coverage is on Peacock, so I went ahead and subscribed to Peacock. What channel is that? I was it's... like, well, ma'am, Peacock is not a channel. It's a streaming service like Netflix where you'd have to download the app and you can watch it on a compatible device. She's like, well, I don't have any apps or anything. I just have a computer. I was like, well, then you'll have to go onto Peacock's website to watch it. I was like, there are some Olympic program. There is some Olympic programming that's going to be on uh, NBC's channels, you know, USA, NBC what have you, but most of it's going to be on Peacock, and, and she just thought it was a channel, you know, or people with HBO Max, because HBO Max is, the branding, it was such a clusterfuck when HBO Max came out, because HBO had their channels, they had... And they have HBO. many channels, too. Well, right, and then, but then they had HBO Go, they yes. had an app that was just called HBO, and then they had HBO Max, and they eventually got rid of the other two apps, but before they did that, they had three apps that, depending on how you subscribe to HBO, would determine what you could access and, and, and what have you. And it was really a clusterfuck in that, you know, it was like, well, how do I log into this? Do I have access to this? You know, and it, it's just I really think that some of these things get confused, you know, unless you unless you really follow who owns what channels, because they called it HBO Max, but it's really the Warner Media streaming service. They just use the HBO branding similarly to how Paramount Plus they use the Paramount branding because it felt it had a history. But it's that's owned by Viacom CBS. Like they, they pick these names that confuse people. Yeah, no, I get that, and I don't think that helps the, the case either. Like, if I was going to have a streaming service, it would literally be called – I'd literally call it, like, whatever streaming. And be right. like, what channel is that? It says in the name. Well, it's every, everybody's got a plus now. It's every, Everything is fucking this plus. That's what I loved about the, the South Park COVID special was everything was a plus. Like, they went to IHOP Denny's Wendy's Plus or whatever was, like, the restaurant of the future. It was just a hybrid of restaurants plus – 
But we're not Best Western. We're Best Western Plus. Like, everything had a plus. But what's funny plus is that... what? <laughs> what's funny is that Hulu, before anybody else did that, Hulu had two tiers of service. You had Hulu and Hulu Plus. And then they got rid of based Hulu and made Hulu Plus the base Hulu. So now Hulu doesn't have a plus and everybody else does. Yeah, so... So it's Hulu's fault, and they're like it, and now they're acting like, no, this isn't us. We got rid of it. That's all them now. <laughs> Let's Blame just make them. this as confusing as possible for older folks that don't understand technology. Oh my god! Well, that's the other thing with my job, man. People like they're trying to make a push toward people not using cable boxes and moving into streaming, and it's always super, super discouraging when somebody calls in and they're trying to figure out how to watch TV because they're ninety years old, and instead of getting sold a standard cable package, they sold them internet streaming with Apple TV, and they can't figure out how the fuck the device works. Uh, yeah, that you, you still need to keep older technology like that around because some people are just they're not gonna want to adapt or even be able to so yeah it's like not gonna not gonna same thing i'm not gonna mention my company name but one of the things that i do in my job is i do a lot of compliance services for trucking companies and there's a lot of trucking companies in my area of lancaster pennsylvania who have amish owners and there's a lot of stuff now that they want to do via email service, and a lot of these people don't have it. Right. So you have to get them the physical papers mailed to their business. And, of course, somebody always goes, well, why don't they just get email? I mean, because if you actually know anything about, like, Amish businesses and everything, they are allowed access to phones and Internet for business purposes only. And then people are like, well, why don't they just why don't they just suck it up and get the email then? They've already got the phone. I'm like, because they don't want to deal with that. They're comfortable doing it this way with paper logs and which is which is a huge cluster, by the way, if for the trucking companies that still use paper logs, by the way, because um one of the things that exists in trucks now is called an ELD, which records your miles for you, and it records your gallons of fuel that you come in. So when it's time to file your fuel taxes, it's you literally go to their account on whatever ELD provider they're using, and I can just download an Excel spreadsheet, and it gives me everything. And I just got to punch in the numbers, and I can file their taxes, and the whole process can take less than an hour. You know what I mean? And then Versus here comes to hunt through physical paperwork to do all that same. Well, stuff. this actually, I, I I may have told this story before, but it's just funny because this mm -hmm. Amish guy comes in with this giant pretzel box, and a lot of these clients bring us in gifts to just thank us, and we're always getting little like little sweet treats and everything. Like uh, fashionate season here in Lancaster, people bring us in stuff these like blueberry balls that are the sweetest things ever made. It's like a donut hole or a munchkin or whatever you want to call it with this blueberry and glaze flavoring on it. And the things are like crack. Like I start popping them like candy because they're delicious. This guy comes in with this giant pretzel box. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. And I open it up and it's all his fuel receipts. <laughs> like, son of a bitch. You tease me with pretzels. How dare you? I do not want. <laughs> I thought mm, I was... It like disappointment. <laughs> yeah, it sure did. <laughs> It was quite disappointing. But so Chris, I wanted, to, I wanted to circle back to to Pokemon if we could. You were talking about Legends Arceus. Holy shit! I, Are we still on Impact? Arceus or Arceus? <laughs> well, that's <laughs> that's the one thing that that I don't know, Chris, uh, if you've ever experienced. But I, I know that first and foremost, 
Uh, for me, I, I playing the Pokemon games, you constantly run into that situation where you think that it's pronounced a certain way, and then the Pokemon appears in the anime or one of the movies, and they Lugia? pronounce it completely different. Oh my god, that one We all thought it was Lugia? We're like, oh, cool, Lugia, and then they call it Lugia, and I'm like, so it's Lugi? I don't want to call oh. it that. <laughs> I always said it with a hard G. I never heard Lugia. Yeah, that's how, yeah, that's how we always... Uh pronounced well, it. Oh, that's how we or, thought we were supposed to pronounce right. it. But. But, but anyway, so I downloaded that. I haven't played it yet. I also downloaded uh, the Diamond and Pearl remakes. I only played Pearl, the Pearl uh, version like once just because I don't have time to, to play. Um, but how, how far have you gotten in, in, in Arceus, Arceus, what have you? And <clears> well, I, have you a, I do have a full team now and one of the, the goals that I'm on is I have to collect X amount of stuff to complete for with between X amount of Pokemon, and one of them is um, it's a little weasel water type called a weasel, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. And I have to figure out how to get it to use a certain move, but I think it's one of those deals where I have to let it attack me, and I just haven't had the courage to let it attack me yet. <laughs> well, because so. it's based on a badger, right? And badgers can kill you. Yes, and I don't want to get killed by the honey badger because honey badger doesn't give a fuck. I, I think it's I, I'm interested to see because again I haven't played it. It's interesting to see that it although it takes place in the past, and this is one thing that's always sort of confused. I understand from from the point of you know they're developing this game and so they introduce new Pokemon, they introduce new mechanics or what have you. But then you think about it within the world of of Pokemon, like they've introduced all of these new forms of Pokemon, but this game is supposed to be in the past. Like, how do they not know that Basculin had an evolution? How are there no Basculin evolutions in the modern time? How are there different typings for these Pokemon that don't exist anymore, you know? Or well, how... animals go extinct today, the same thing could happen in the Pokemon universe. You know, or how, you know, the first game was 150, and then the next one, suddenly there's 100 more. Like, you didn't know these 100 other animals existed? <laughs> and then every time <laughs> there's another... I mean, I love it, but, you, you know, if you think... Like anything else, if you, if, you, if you think too hard about it and don't suspend the disbelief, it makes your brain hurt. Yeah, you're going to break the continuity of it if you try to overanalyze it. And that's, that's my problem, is sometimes I do overthink it, and then I'm like, I don't understand. They're like... Just let it go and have fun. I can't. My brain doesn't work like that. It's a game meant for children. Quit overthinking. Well, oh, yeah. Point, I, I've, well, I've constantly been accused by by uh, romantic partners of being more of a Vulcan than an emotional person. And I was <laughs> I was talking to a, to a new partner recently. I was like, you get to see the, the Vulcan mind at work. <laughs> Live long I'm a and prosper. Pokemon war theory. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. I've heard that one before. That the reason that there's almost no normal, like, adult men around is because they all died in a war between Kanto and Johto, and that's why there are so many just field hospitals up everywhere. Right, because almost none of the protagonists of any of the games have a, a dad. Mm -hmm. They mention Ash's dad in the anime in, like, the first and second episode, and then he's literally never mentioned again. I guess there's a recent movie that came out that does talk about him a bit, that he's a trainer on his own journey, but that's it. That's all we know. See, I just assumed he was dead. <laughs> and not even dead beat. I just assumed it was dead. So, And Lieutenant yeah. Surge in the first generation talks about how electric Pokemon saved his life in the war. So that's kind of the basis for this whole theory. Right, right. I know there was a lot of speculation back in the, in the original games that like, oh, maybe Ash's or maybe the protagonist's dad is Giovanni. 
I like my favorite. That turned out the rival from Gold and Silver. That's the bastard son of Giovanni, actually. Okay. One of my favorite Pokemon theories is that in the first episode of the anime, when Ash gets like struck by lightning and attacked by the Spearows, that he goes into a coma, and that's why he's still ten. So his entire Pokemon journey has been in his brain this whole time. Oh, speaking of the first episode, I've had an argument about this with somebody, I don't remember who, you see a Ho-Oh in the first episode. Yes, you do. But somebody was trying to make the case like, no, that's an Articuno. Nope. Nope. Absolutely not. Not even close. They've confirmed it's a Ho-Oh. So yeah, take that, whoever you were that was trying to say it's an Articuno. (laughs) (laughs) Google is your friend, by the way. Well, let's not go too far with that. Uh, all right, all right, good point. <laughs> okay, also, for, for things like that, Google is your friend. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I mean, because... They, they, Make they, sure something... search is on. Yeah, well, that too. But, I mean, like, like it is funny, though. Sometimes, you know, uh, people, like, like uh, my, my uh, partner will ask me, like, oh, you know, can you find me information about this? And, and Google's really... It, 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 it confuses me sometimes. They were like, like, Things are easily Googleable, but you also have to not immediately believe everything you see on the internet. But uh, like yes. sometimes, like, oh, like, where is this? Where is this thing located? Or, or what is you know, like, the, you know, for that it's good, but you get you can, you just kind of not fall down the hole too well, far. Well, and I've I've had this argument before with with certain people because um, I hate when you ask a question on social media and somebody just goes Google it, like. Which always pisses me off if it's something that, A, I've already Googled and didn't find uh, an answer, or B, I'm asking for an opinion, not... Like, okay, if I'm going to say, when is Keanu Reeves' birthday? If I ask that on social media and somebody tells me to Google it, uh, they're correct. I could have just Googled it, and I'm being stupid for asking on social media, because... We have a a mutual... We have a mutual friend who that's his go-to answer. Yes, it is. And this is where this is coming from. Um, But if I'm asking, oh, is the new Pokemon game worth playing? And somebody goes, well, why don't you Google it and find out and read the reviews? Because I don't want to just read strange reviews on the internet. I'm asking my friends who I already know have similar tastes like me who I know have the game and have been playing it for a little bit, I'm asking their opinion. That's why I posted that on Facebook. And I got like 20 different people responded and were like, Legends Arceus is great. So I went out and bought it. And I've been, I haven't had, like like Jason, I don't have a lot of time to play games all the time. But from what I've played so far, I've been having fun with it. And I'm like, yeah, see, and that was what the answer I was looking for. Like, yeah, if you ask a dumb question, like, Anybody know where I can buy blah, blah, blah? Like, you could have easily Googled that. But if you're asking for an opinion on a product that you're interested in purchasing, then that is a social media question. By the way, according to Wikipedia, which is not always accurate, Keanu Reeves' birthday is September 2nd, and he was born in Beirut. You know, that's what's, that's funny. Wikipedia is almost always accurate. And I've always I've always found that to be an amusing argument. People are like, "Oh, your source is Wikipedia," because Wikipedia, if you if there's information on a page that isn't cited from a legitimate source, it gets taken down almost immediately. Yeah, well, if you're dedicated enough to edit a page in Wikipedia, you're more than likely going to be an expert on the subject and know what you're talking about. And you have to cite sources because uh, this actually happened. Um, 
I'm not going to say his name because I don't know if this would actually embarrass him or not. But one of my friends actually made a Wikipedia page for himself when he was trying to become a YouTuber. And he didn't exactly have a following. And they deleted his entire page because you can't just make a Wikipedia page about yourself. No, that's – yeah. In fact, I don't know if anybody here has ever watched that that HBO show, The Newsroom. If you haven't, it's a brilliant show. Um, but there was a whole subplot in one of the episodes where one of the characters, her Wikipedia was wrong, and she was trying to figure out how to get it corrected because you're not allowed to edit your own Wikipedia. Right. And of course is- it's great. It's Aaron Sorkin. True. It's true. By the way, I have had, though, I have had... Uh, that is my sort of um, main resource when I'm doing stuff for J. Bunnings Music Hub, and I have had that blow up in my face uh in fact my my one partner has been taught listening to the uh episode i did with orgy back in uh it's funny she's like yeah that orgy episode you did in 2021 because that's when it was posted to ckcc and she's listening to it on on your uh on your spotify feed i was like i actually recorded that in 2018 (laughs) But in any event, she was listening to that episode, and I know that when I was talking to Jay Gordon from Orgy, there was something that I had asked him about that was on his Wikipedia. He's like, that that didn't happen. I was like, oh, whoops. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a wrestling-related story. Um, they were asking – a guy was interviewing AJ Styles, and he's like, so I see you had a great, uh, a great match with Eddie Guerrero back in whatever, and AJ goes, I never wrestled Eddie Guerrero. He's like, oh. He's like, yeah, I guess I can't now, can I? I was like, well, well, God, he's like, yeah, God damn, I think I'll just cut this part. Because <laughs> that's embarrassing. Oof. Yes, there's always, well, there's a great show that Loudwire does where they sit these, they sit people down and they the read. The Wikipedia Factor Fiction. The Wikipedia Factor Fiction, yeah. And they, like, and the, my favorite one was they were interviewing David Draymond and they're like, so you got the ooh-wah-ah-ah-ah from animals at the Chicago Zoo. And he goes, no! He goes, where the fuck do people come up with this shit? <laughs> And I like that was my favorite one. Was so making the... the making the connection back to wrestling. Uh, he is actually married to Lena Yada, who was in WWE. Yes, yes, she was, and she was uh, in labor for twenty six hours, which I learned on that. He's like, I want to have another one, but she doesn't want to do that again. I wonder why. I can imagine. He, uh, he has recently returned to social media. I know for a while he was not on yes. Twitter or Instagram, but recently I was one of his, his first 100 followers because oh, wow. when he went, I saw he made the announcement he was back on it. And when I followed him, he had less than 100 followers at that time. Now, of course, it's blown up and he's got his check mark and everything. So, right. But I'm an OG for this return, I guess. But. Uh, speaking of music, because this is something I wanted to bring up to uh, to you, Jason, and to you, Jeff, because you've you guys are both doing these music based podcasts here. Um, what uh, what is a genre of music that you enjoy that people might actually be surprised to learn that you're actually into? For me, it's '90s rap. Yes, because you're definitely like an '80s rock kind of guy. Yep. Um, it, the vast majority of what I listen to is 70s and 80s rock. But give me the cheesy 90s pop rock, like, snow informer. <laughs> that sounds amazing. A, yeah, it's a shitty song, 
that is somehow still amazing. What about like the Humpty Dance? Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> I'm just thinking about that. I actually did that at karaoke once. How about No Scrubs? I'm not a huge fan of that song, but the Weezer cover of it is so good. TLC approved it. Didn't know Weezer did a cover of that. I song. didn't know that either. That's awesome. I gotta listen to that. They yeah. a couple years ago they put out a whole cover album, which was reviewed on ranking tracks, and I think that's the one that I prefer. Like, it's so good. Like they take it so seriously. It would have been really easy to mock that song. Nope. They did it completely seriously, and it's awesome. That makes me happy, actually. I'll have to check that out, just because I really dig cover songs. I was a little bit uh, bummed out when, when you were doing the like best cover in the uh, Chris O'Mealy tournaments uh, group on, on Facebook. Like we were, we were right in the thick of it, and I had posted a list of like cover songs that I had so that people could look into them, and it was like too late in the game for it to fucking matter. <laughs> yeah, well, in case you've no, in case you haven't noticed how that group votes, it's usually for what they know. Well, for, I mean, I'm, so, I'm, I'm guilty of that too. Yeah. Let me run down the Weezer cover album because right. there's so many great songs on this. Africa. Yeah, where are that one? Yeah, that's the one with Weird Al. Everyone wants to rule the world. I have heard that. Sweet dreams are made of this. Hmm. I like the Marilyn Manson cover of Sweet Dreams. I hate everything Marilyn Manson. <laughs> All right, fair enough. But I, I like his music. I don't like him as a person. Well, it's because he, uh, he, he has recently turned out to be the piece of shit our, our mothers always warned us he was. Yep. Mm. Well, uh, son of a bitch. What was that? Take on me. Oh, I didn't know okay. they did that. I, I gotta listen to that. Happy together. Okay. That would be fun. Okay. Paranoid. By Black Sabbath. Yep. That would oh. be interesting. Okay. Mister Blue Sky. No scrubs. Billy Jean. Hmm. And stand by me. I've heard the Stand By Me cover. That's pretty good. This, this was all in 2019. It's just called the Teal Album. Yeah, don't, uh, yeah, all their albums are colors, right? Not all of them, but they have a lot of random ones that are just color albums. Yeah, I just typed Weezer into, into Wikipedia because I still have it up. And uh, it's... There's the band, and then the other options are Weezer Blue Album, Weezer Red Album, Weezer Discography, Weezer Green Album, Weezer White Album, <laughs> Weezer Teal Album, Weezer Black Album. They also have like Van Weezer and Everything Will Be Alright and Pacific Daydream. So they do have other ones that are not just color albums, but they like to do the color albums too, because, you know, whatever. Like, if you got a theme going, you kind of have to stick with it. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna mention? Over, Not, oh yeah, over, no, my my very first concert was actually with Jason Shin. Yeah. We yeah. went to see Weird Al at a. Uh, it was a theater, right? It was it was the community theater in Morristown, which is called something else now, but it's still there. Yeah, but it was it was a physical theater. Like we got we got to sit in in nice theater yep. seats and everything. And yep, yep. 
That was the Running with Scissors tour, 1999. Yep. So that was that was fun. That was my first ever concert. The only person I've ever seen twice in concert is Weird Al. Because I saw him in New Haven, and then I saw him in Orlando. See, I've never seen him a second time, but I did see that he is doing another one of those... I forget the name that he gave it, but it's basically the uh, the tour where he doesn't play any of the parodies and and, and you know, the ill advised vanity tour, I think it's called. Yeah, and he's doing another another one of those this year, and they're going to be playing in New York in like October. And I'd really like to go. I, I've always I've, I've always wanted to go see him again because that was a great show. And I've always wanted to take Casey to go see him. But I remember that when we went, and obviously, you know, inflation and whatever the fuck else. But, like, when we saw him, those tickets were $35. The next time I wanted to try and see him, the tickets were, like, 90 bucks. I was like, that's yeah, That sounds about right. And to me, 90 bucks seems cheap for a concert these days. Well, I remember when Metallica was playing, and I was, like, really desperate to go see them. And... I found a $97 ticket, but I was in, like, the 500 section of a football stadium, and I was as humanly far away from the stage as... Directly behind a pole. Pretty much, yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm not spending $97 to sit so far away that I physically can't see them on the stage. Behind the palm trees. Right. At that point, I might as well just pull into the parking lot and just park... Like, pay for the parking, and to just park and just vibe to the music. Yeah, I did that so one. Well. This way, though, with, like, concerts, you don't necessarily need to see them. It's all about hearing the different, like, to see if they change anything in the live version. It's about yeah, the did, experience of being there. I True. did the parking yeah. lot thing once where I, I, I went to the show. I took I took my older son, Nick, to go see Shinedown. And he was, he was, you know, he's 13 now, but he was probably, it was 2013, I think. So he was like six. And so he was like falling asleep as it got later and it got, and I kept trying to keep him awake and it wasn't working and there weren't seats. It was just in the parking lot behind, uh, behind the stone pony in Asbury park. And so when it was like, all right, I'm losing this battle. He's fucking asleep. Like we just went to the car and I just rolled down the windows and listened to the rest of Shinedown set from the parking lot. <laughs> and I was close enough that you could still do that. Uh, and that was, that was, that was an interesting experience. A uh, great band, by the way, if you ever, if you ever had the opportunity to see Shinedown or, um, Nathan sometimes, yeah, sometimes uh, they do the, 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 the acoustic thing. Smith & Myers, those are both fantastic. I've seen Smith & Myers, and that was a phenomenal show. I can see that being I, great. Uh, I missed them when they came through Jersey most recently because uh, it was on a weekday and I had no PTO left at work. But I've, I've seen them two other times as uh, just the Smith & Myers set. Great shit. Well, I mentioned money. They're actually coming to Connecticut in April, so I'm hoping I may be able to check it out to see the full band. I uh, I mentioned this on the previous episode uh, right after I saw them, but right now my top concert I've ever seen is Trans-Siberian Orchestra because that wasn't a concert. That was an experience. That was a full-on production. I'm curious if you had the same experience that I had when I saw them a couple years. This was, this was like 10 years ago now. Um, the first half of their show when I saw them was, it was much, I wouldn't say quieter, but they played a lot of their softer songs and there's like, even some like poetry and stuff. Yeah, like they that. have a storyteller. Yeah. 
and there were people in the crowd here heckling them and like booing them. No, I did not have that experience. Because I guess they were expecting, you know, the fire and lasers and the awesome metal show the entire time. No. They they got that stuff in the second act. Yeah. Like, big time, but yeah. No. Once the light show and the pyro goes off, then it gets intense and it's amazing. But they're also so good. Like, they're, they mm-hmm. sound great. And it's probably the same people, too, because a lot of the... You know they 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 do the band introductions and everything, and most of them have been playing since the the two thousands. So you probably saw most of the same lineup I did. That just made me so mad that people were being so disrespectful to him. Well, I remember when I got to see Lincoln Park in concert, and there was an idiot in the crowd who kept screaming, "Where's Jay Z? Where's Jay Z? Oh I want Jay Z!" I'm like, "He ain't here, idiot!" <laughs> Shut. Shut I'm your so mouth. I, got to, I saw them once before Chester died, and I'm so yes. glad. And that was and that was a show that I paid way too much money for and missed half the fucking show. So that was the that was when they did sun, a summer sanitarium tour with Metallica and Limp Biscuit, and it had sold out. So we bought the tickets on eBay. It was three hundred for a pair of tickets, and I misread or misremembered what time the show started and the opening bands were Deftones and Mudvayne. Mm. Casey and I were driving to the show and she looks at the tickets she's like, Jace, the the show started like an hour ago. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, it says right here. I was like, ah, Son fuck. of a bitch. So like, we missed Deftones and Mudvayne. Uh, I was fine with that because I had seen Deftones before. And uh, I'd seen Mudvayne multiple times before and thereafter. But uh, we got there right before uh, Lincoln Park. So we got to see Lincoln Park, Limp Bizkit, and Metallica. It was also the only time I've ever seen Limp Bizkit, actually. They were pretty, pretty, I, I, I think it was ill-advised. I was, about to, I was about to apologize for the fact that you had to sit through an entire Limp Bizkit concert. No, they were, they were good. I think that it was ill-advised of them to do their one cover immediately before Metallica played. That, that was probably a bad idea, but I mean, they they were good otherwise. That was that was around the time of the uh, Results May Vary album, which was a really good record. I just can't believe they produced something new last year, which apparently is streaming only. There is no uh, physical copy of of Limp Bizkit still sucks in existence. Uh, well, and I I have a feeling we're going to be seeing more and more. Yeah, well, I, I'm at least Fred Durst wasn't in the Royal Rumble, so. Johnny Knoxville and Bad Bunny were, but at least Fred Durst wasn't, so. I was kind of surprised with the Bad Bunny thing, because I think that by the time he came in, uh, Damian Priest either wasn't there yet or had already been eliminated. I was surprised they didn't have them in the match together. I guess they weren't doing anything together. Who the hell knows? So, for the for the non-wrestling fans out there, I want I think you guys will find this amusing, but one of the first wrestling games they released for the PlayStation 2 had Fred Durst as an unlockable character because... Smackdown, shut your mouth. Yes, thank you. Because at the time, Undertaker was coming out to Roland because he was he was riding his motorcycle. And the, the stipulation to use the song in the game was Fred Durst agreed, but only if he could be an unlockable, playable character. And they gave him... Basically, a Mexican luchador moveset. So and his stats were garbage. Yeah, his stats. <laughs> if, at least they made his stats garbage. But 
It was a lot of fun to beat up Fred Durst digitally. <laughs> was that the same game where both JR and Michael Cole were unlockable characters too? Um, I don't remember. To be I honest, think, I might be thinking of No Mercy or like one of the Xbox games. Oh, they were on that. You could you could play you could beat them up in the N sixty four games. I remember that. I don't remember if they were unlockable in, in this game. Uh, what I do remember is Def Jam Vendetta. And what a fun mm-hmm. game that was. Def Jam Vendetta and Def Jam Fight for New York were excellent. Def Jam Icon, bleh. But the first two were fantastic, and I would love for that series to make a comeback. I've never so played any fun. of those. And, and it, what's funny is that, that people that know me from the wrestling group, every time I say, like, oh, I don't watch anymore, I don't do this, somebody asked me at one point, like, is this your gimmick? Like, you you don't do the thing? But, like, the last, the la- I think the last WWE game I played was... Uh, WWF attitude. <laughs> it wasn't even oh, wow. E. <laughs> so, yeah, right. <laughs> so it was a twenty-year-old game at least at this point. Because yeah, I think that was the like. Cause I didn't. I liked. I liked Warzone and Attitude. And then when they changed, they changed publishers to the company that had made the WCW games, and I hated the controls on those games. So I was like, well, I guess I'm not playing those anymore. The THQ games were the best on the N64, and my I think my big thing is that. It's one of those games where I would prefer if they didn't make it so realistic, or attempt to make it so realistic. Like, yeah, No Mercy was good because it was over the top in a lot of ways. Like, I remember it was ridiculous. You could play it Big Show and do through the storyline of the women's championship if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah, you could just do whatever you wanted, pretty much. You could you could customize all the matches so you could have a battle royal with forty people, and you could make it first blood. So to eliminate somebody, you have to make them bleed. Like, stuff like that was fun. Mm-hmm. And I wish they would let you do stuff like that again. And the amount of moves and stuff you could use in the character creator was almost right. unrivaled for a long time. But that's also why I loved the Ken Griffey Jr. baseball games, because they didn't try to make it super realistic. They made it a simple to play, and you could just get in there, figure out the controls, and then just play the game. And it was so much fun. I'm not a big sports person, but I loved games like NBA Jam and NFL yes. Blitz, the ones yeah. that went over arcade the top. arcade style. Yep. Ar- Over-the-top arcade style games, and there will always be a market for those kinds of video games. Not everything is going to be a fire. Boom, <laughs> 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 pretty sure I downloaded the most recent NBA Jam that had come out on, like, Xbox 360, but I don't think I've ever played it. I, I, I tend to just, whenever games are either free on gold or ridiculously on sale i get them and then again i don't have time to play anything so they just i actually ran out of i had four terabytes of hard drive space on my xbox one and it is full there you go um one other thing i wanted to mention regarding uh before we get we got so off topic here that i think jason was building up the story of like how I went from a website guy to, like, a podcaster. Oh, uh, we're we all never... over the place. I actually wanted to ask something. You guys mentioned Big Show. I wanted to go somewhere with that, too, but but go ahead. Oh, God, I was really? going to talk to you more about Dragon Ball Z, but no. We're Good God, you want an to... hour away from that. We are not talking about freaking Big well, Show. Get the fuck out of here. I was going to ask if I was the only person in the in this uh, podcast that watched his Netflix show. Uh, no, I heard it wasn't bad. Episode. I heard he's a good actor. Well, in this episode, yes, but I I know that Dan pretty much watched the whole thing. I liked it. I watched I just... the first episode. It was all right. Wasn't the whole thing? It's like it's 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 just a standard family sitcom, but the dad happens to be the big show. So like, pretty yeah. much. 
Yeah. Yeah. See, so it's 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 basically one of those. If you like that type of show, you'd probably enjoy it. So, like, it was cool. In one of the episodes, you know, you get some some different wrestler cameos. You know, Rikishi. Yeah, I know Mick Foley was in it. And Urkel. Right. Yeah, the guy that played Steve Urkel was like one of his friends. Well, Jaleel White is a wrestling fan, and one of my favorite stories was apparently he was backstage at an old WrestleMania, like. I'm talking like '90s, early 2000s era WrestleMania, and he, or or maybe it was like a SummerSlam or something. But he's backstage at a pay per view, and he was bragging to everybody who would listen that his career was on the upswing. And all I'm thinking is, are you sure? Because I haven't exactly seen his career be on an upswing since the early 2000s. It was funny that when when he was at his. Uh... When he was at his peak, he voiced Sonic the Hedgehog in, like, three different cartoons. Yes. Yeah, I, I watched the Christmas episode, like, two years ago. <laughs> that one was a weird one, because it didn't really fall. It was, like, it sort of took elements from the two shows that were happening at the time and didn't really fall into the continuity of either one of them. Uh, one, one, one of the recent voice actors jobs that I really liked was on Dragon Ball Super, James Marsters was the voice of Zamasu, the evil Kai from the 10th universe. And James Marsters had played Piccolo in that awful live action Dragon Ball movie that is best forgotten about. So I love that he got some redemption out of that. My brain didn't compute that right at first. When you said James Marsters, I was thinking of James Avery. I was like, there's no way he voiced anything in Dragon Ball Super. He's dead. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely not the same person. (laughs) I think that's hilarious, though, that most people don't know that Uncle Phil voiced the Shredder in the original Ninja Turtles cartoon. Which is awesome, by the way. That was the first show I can remember being a big fan of, like, as a human being. Who there was a f- famous voice actor in the original Ninja Turtles that voiced one of the turtles, right? Like somebody uh, who you wouldn't have expected. Let's see. It was probably Mark Hamill. He voiced everything. <laughs> Mark Hamill's Joker is still my favorite Joker to this day. The animated version of the Joker. So looking at the only name that jumped jumps out to me on any of the original turtles was that you know rob paulson was Raphael, and he's fucking huge just well he's one of the biggest voice actors ever yeah because he's been in everything um i mean i'm probably misremembering which is and in the movies uh cory feldman was one of them that's yeah in the first and the third i he wasn't in. oh you know what I might actually be thinking not of the animated, but I might be thinking of the 1990 movie. I think, and I think I was thinking of uh, Corey Feldman, actually. Yes, that is exactly who I was thinking of, because I just brought up the list of the turtle voices. And I'm like, yeah, I remember being like, Corey Feldman was Donatello, and I didn't know that. Yeah, yes, he was. He was. Man, he's he's gone fucking crazy. Ah, <laughs> uh, celebrity. You seen like crazy. his his music career and like like having, man, I, he was on he was on this uh, one podcast that I listened to a lot, the Jason Ellis show. It started out as a Sirius XM radio show. Uh, it got canceled on Sirius about a year and a half ago, and so they turned it into a podcast. 
and he came on the show and he was talking about his his music career and how like you know his band is all like these girls that he calls like Corey's angels and like they live with him and shit it's really fucking weird and it's not good like he played on like the today show or something it's really bad you're trying to say that somebody who's hasn't been relevant for years and is trying to be relevant doing weird shit is doing it in a bad way <laughs> yeah don't say uh well, he's also he's also trying to say that the other cory died because him and the other cory were trying to expose you know the molesters in Hollywood, and so they came for him and oh, killed. God. Yeah, I, he did an interview with Michael Rosenbaum when he talked about that. I'm like, a lot of what he was saying was cool, and then he went off the rails. And I'm like, okay, I'm done listening to you now. Well, sometimes the people who scream the loudest get the most attention. That's the worst when it actually you find somebody that is actually interesting and you're getting along with them, and they're a conspiracy nut or they're a flat earther or any other kooky stuff people could be into. Yeah, that always does suck. You are right about that. Yeah, um, yeah. what's 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 great is when people announce those. You know, uh, you know who was who was it? Uh, Chris Wright in one of the groups just re- referred to me as kind of a hoe, which is which is fair enough. Uh, but it's real great <laughs> when those people just announce their intentions on on Tinder. It's like, no, you you believe that? No, thank you. <laughs> Swipe left. <laughs> <clears throat> At least they do the job of letting you know up front so you don't waste your time. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's that is true. So, um let me let me let me try and circle back and, and kill off a couple old topics here before we move forward. Uh one of the one of the first things I wanted to mention was yes, I had the Pokemon website that actually was getting a bit of a following on it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I abandoned that website when I started falling out of Pokemon. But then I started the eFed. Right. And which then, I tried to participate in and didn't actually ever. No, which made it funnier because you were there and your character was there. And I remember at one point I just said, fuck it. I just started teaming you up with people who actually would participate and you'd win matches without doing anything. Kind of like Luigi oh, winning I had, matches. I didn't even think I had a character. I think when you said you were doing this, I was like, that was when they had just brought... Hogan, Hall, and Nash into WWE as the NWO. I was like, I want them. And you're like, okay, you can have them. And then it was like, Jay, you're not doing anything. Oh, yeah. Kevin Nash became the biggest jobber because you wouldn't roleplay as him, so he lost to everybody. (laughs) Which was not true of how that would have gone in real life. (laughs) Because Kevin Nash didn't lay down for shit. Except for the finger poke of doom. Oh, yeah. Well, he laid down for his friends. I mean, I'll lay down for my friends if they want me to. Oh, my God. Jason Chin, everybody. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that... Yeah, Listen, and then... Beer number three, Ghost Hawk Brewery, everybody. Ah, <laughs> uh, Yeah, and then... Uh, and then, Brian, circle back to Dragon Ball real quick before we get too off the rails here. Oh, I just wanted to talk about how I was a huge fan of Xenoverse 2. Oh, I yes. played the first one That's to good. death as well. Although eventually, I think I talked to you about this before, like the difficulty curve when you get into the later, like the higher tier parallel quests start to get really hard. That's so fine. Just be, especially when they have you fight like multiple opponents at once and it just becomes like, how do I even defend against this? That's I fine. Never, I'll figure I it never out. Played, I never played any of the Xenoverse games. I, I, 
I remember playing the uh, the Budokai games on like the PS2. I loved all the Budokai and the Tenkaichi games. And I remember there was one, <laughs> there was one that I rented. For, I was living with Casey and her mom in West Milford, and rented Budokai Two, I think, from uh, Blockbuster in in town. And was getting really, really pissed off, and didn't want to break my controller. So instead, whenever I'd get mad, I'd like just open. I would like eject the disc from my PS2 and throw it across the room. <laughs> and then, like, I returned it. They're like, "You broke the game." I was like, "No, I didn't." And like, I was banned from that blockbuster for a while for for breaking the game. <laughs> and then they went out of business, and it didn't matter. But I, I actually you got the bought... last laugh on blockbuster anyway. <laughs> I actually, what's funny is I had bought, there was that game, the PSC game Dragon Ball Z Sagas, and I had bought that off of a friend who was running a booth at a, at a con, and he was, he like owned like a comic and collectible store at the time and had some video games, and I bought that from him in, fuck, 2007, 2008, and I still never played it. That game was interesting, it wasn't, I mean, it was a fighter like all of them were, but it had almost like a board game style to it. It, it it really changed up the formula from the other Budokai and Tenkaichi games. I'll get to it eventually. I, I keep I keep telling myself like when I either when when my back fucks up so bad that I have to be disabled and not work anymore, or I win the lottery and don't have to work anymore, I will play all of the things that play and watch all of the things on my shelf that have never been touched that are unopened or otherwise unused. I have so many so many unwatched movies and unplayed <laughs> games. Yeah. <laughs> when I win yeah. the lottery that I never buy a ticket for. Oh, I buy it... tickets when it gets stupid high. When it's like, it's fucking $600 million. I was like, well, yeah, I guess I have to. <laughs> Isn't it the case where just about every lottery winner ends up becoming broke after only a couple of years after yeah, winning it? Yeah, that sounds about right. Well, if you're, if you're, if you're bad, really you're... stupid, <laughs> I guess. Like, even the people that try to be smart about it end up, like, getting taken advantage of or squandering it somehow or get involved in a pyramid scheme or something. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've made a list of things that if I came into a substantial amount of money, I would want to do. But, like, I would pay off all my fucking debts first. Like, right, exactly. Like, student loans and now my house and my cars. Like, that would be the first thing is, like, all the credit cards, all of the, the bills... I pay all that shit first. Okay, and now go do something stupid. You know, not stupid, but like you know. I think I'd rather things... have it like a payout over a period of time. Like you know. Well, well, right. But even then, right? If you do the annuity option on a lottery win and you get fucking twenty a million a year or whatever the rest of your life, like that first check, you can you can make some payments on some things. Right. Exactly. I think I've always said that I would take half of it up front, and then have the rest of it. Sp- spursed out for like a 20 year period I would want to one thing I've always said I wanted to do and it's super unrealistic you know and it's something that I sort of talk about on my podcast super unrealistic in 2022 but like I would love to make like a some sort of a record label just for bands that I like you know and and because if I'm well off enough that it doesn't matter if they make money they just need fucking distribution or whatever like it would be nice to help bands get out there like that's the entire point of my podcast in the first place is to help people discover bands and discover music they might not have heard of and even if they've heard of it like learn the backstory if they give a shit um and and that's something that uh 
that Jeff just started doing too on ranking tracks, right? You put it, you put an album out there that a lot of people hadn't heard of. I do it every once in a while. Cause I did it with Butch Walker as well. But yeah, I like to, cause I did that with, uh, Ben Rector. Yes. Now, most people don't know who he is, but I've loved everything I've ever heard of this guy. I'd never even heard of him until you, you put it out there. So, and that's good. I think that that's a good way to do it. You mentioned Butch Walker. I only know who that is because a friend of mine was really into him. Um, and I know that he did some production work for uh, Afro Levine, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. He's done production work for almost everyone. Like he, he's done, he's worked with Pink. He's worked with uh, Bare Naked Ladies, I think. He's worked with like so many different artists. Plus, he's a hell of a performer. One of the right. best concerts I've ever seen. A bare naked pink, I'd hit that. <laughs> Sorry, what? Carrie Hart. I think Carrie Hart might have something to say about that. I yeah, I did not want to piss <laughs> off Carrie Hart. So, all I said was I'd hit that. I didn't say. <laughs> I said I would. I didn't say I was trying to. Yeah, well, I think that your wife might have something to say about that, or she might want that too. I don't know. You know. I've... <laughs> No, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Yes, he has worked with Avril Levine. He's worked with Bowen for Soup, Default, Lohan, which nobody would hit. American <laughs> I'm sure uh, somebody on something wants that. I mean, right, the Ravages so wait, of Time certainly hit her. But. You mentioned Default. Does anybody else remember that band? I yeah. remember them. I couldn't tell you too I much about them. them. My, so my... So, you mentioned, you know, our first concert mutually was, was seeing Weird Al together. My third concert ever was uh, I went to New York City. It was right after 9-11. Uh, and, uh, well, not right after. It was like two months later. But still, it was close after 9-11. Uh, saw Nickelback before they were fucking massive. It was Nickelback as the headliner, uh, saliva as the main support and default as the opening band. They were pretty good live for you know for what they were, but it was it's funny to hear that name because they they haven't been around in fucking or they haven't been if they're still around they haven't been relevant in, in quite a while. So it's it's funny to hear. Hey, that hey, hey. let's 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 give them credit where credits due. Both wasting my time and deny were number one on the Canadian rock oh, charts. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like that and, band. Don't and get me speaking wrong. of people that Butch Walker has worked with that had hit Katy Perry. Fuck yeah. Dude. Okay, so you know what? You had asked before. You would ask guilty pleasures, and I never got to answer. Uh, no, we circle back. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, you know, most of what I'm into is is, is hard rock and heavy metal and more of, like, the, the mainstream stuff. Obviously, as, as somebody that attends the Ren Fair, it's not out of the realm of possibility for people to expect me to be into that kind of music. But I remember when... Um, Katy Perry first came out for and well not first came out but when she first started to blow up with like I kissed a girl um you know that was not a I didn't think that was a terrible song and so like no. there's stuff there's stuff like that sometimes that I can get into like I'm not gonna lie like most of most of what I listen to is what people would expect but every so often like I discover something that's a little off the path of what you would expect of me and really dig it. Like I really, Chris, you and I have had many a conversation about how I don't care. I, I don't care for hailstorm, but when, but Lizzie take Hale, the H off the 
the, the band name, and you're all about it. Oh yeah, that, that was one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite bands. In fact, I wear a necklace that I got in their last album every day. Uh, Curse of the Crystal Coconut. And, and thanks to you, I started listening to Alestorm because you're like, they're pirate metal. I'm like, say no more. No good, dude. <laughs> and, and, and I know that you've checked them out too, but but uh, I, I would have to, I, I can't not represent my boys in the Dread Crew of Oddwood. you got to check them out. If yes, you're not I'm already. well they're aware acoustic, of that. Yes. An acoustic pirate metal that plays at Ren Fair is fucking fantastic. But, you but, sent me so, quite a few songs of theirs that, is, uh, that I've really so. enjoyed. So oh, so I'm not the only one bombarding you with metal music. <laughs> no, but you actually, you actively send me stuff. Jason just tells me about it, and I look it up. You actively spam me with music that you think I would like, and for the most part, you're usually right. I'm like, have you listened yet? Huh, 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 how about now, how about now? <laughs> but well, yeah, no, Hail, Hailstorm I never cared for, but when Lizzie Hale does stuff with other bands, I, I enjoy it, because I think that what I don't like about Hailstorm is like i feel like most of their music is you know i'm the freakiest bitch on the planet and you should pay attention to me um and so she did a song with Lindsay sterling that was getting play on rock radio because you had the hailstorm chick singing this song and that got me really into Lindsay sterling and i fucking i I really like anything that's a little bit weird you know, like Lindsey Sterling <laughs> is this weird dubstep violin combination. That's why you yeah. like Psycho Stick. Well, Psycho Stick is just fucking funny. <laughs> and they were one of They're the bands comedy, that I had gotten on rock. the podcast early on. They were like episode six. I interviewed their bass player, and that was a great conversation. They're 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 hilarious, you know. And that's you know. I actually had talked to them about if they had ever played a show with Weird Al, and they're like, "No, but we really want to." But um, I remember discovering weird... Psycho Stick on XM Radio back when the what was the XM Metal Channel was that Octane, right? No, That's... Octane was serious. Octane uh, the, was serious. The, the XM equivalent was Squiz. Squiz. That's I don't a name. actually remember that. Okay, well, whichever one I was listening to. Um, because I I don't actually remember, but I remember that was how I discovered. I discovered quite a few bands on that channel because they weren't getting any mainstream attention. That's how I discovered Coheed and Cambria, who I've also seen in concert, and their show was phenomenal. I've never seen them. They were one of those bands, and it's funny because people give me shit about like I, I could never get into the, their vocals. I could never get into Rush's vocals. And people are like, but you like Dio, and Dio has somewhat similar vocal style. And I was like, well, I, I don't know. But, like, I could – Coheed and, and Rush both never did it for But me. if you see Coheed live, Claudio doesn't sing anything like he does. He sings with a much deeper bass in real life. Okay. So it, the songs sound completely different, but they're still phenomenal. So I, I'd, recommend, I'd recommend seeing them if you had a chance. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, uh, I was trying to – a friend of mine, uh, Adrian King. Um, he's super, super into them, and I was trying to get them on the podcast at one point, like, just because my brother, it was weird, like, a kid that my, or a guy that my brother has known since they were kids was doing, uh, like, tour, like, like doing, like, uh, tech work for them, and so my brother was, almost, uh, almost got me an interview with them, and they're, they're not a band that I care for, but Adrian is super into them, so I was like, dude, if this happens, like, I need you to co-host, because I, I know jack shit, and you're obsessed with them, like, <laughs> yeah, there you go, it never wound up happening, but that's what I did, I do that sometimes, um, in fact, one of my partners is, current partners is super, super into Black Veil Brides, 
and has been exposing me to them because they've been oh, my favorite. Oh yeah, band. Black Veil Brides. Um, <clears throat> so I saw uh, Leva Bates, who you guys know in all yeah, yeah. wrestling. Um, I saw her posting something with the band, so I sent her a message. I said, I keep hearing about these Black Veil Brides. I said, I'm going to just cave in, recommend some music to me. And she sent me, like, this list of songs, and I started listening to them. I'm like, holy shit, this band is great. Yeah, Where the I fuck think... have these guys been my whole life? So Right, so, so, she, so they're really... They made fun of for being emo. <laughs> well, right, they, I, I never got into them initially because of their more emo-leaning than the, the face paint and whatever, but... But but they're really really into to Black Veil, and so we're going to be going to see them together in April. Um, and I've been trying to book something on the show. I don't normally talk about shit that's not happening with you know that hasn't been confirmed and already happened with the show. But I'm trying to book something with that. And if that happens, I am definitely going to ask Charlie to uh, be the main. Like like to to co-host that, but to sort of be the main host on that one because I don't know anything about them, and they've been listening to Black Veil Bride since they were ten years old. So, Damn. Yeah. Okay. And I, um, I got you know. one more Butch uh, Walker produced album that you will like, Chris, especially your wife would like. How about the album Red by someone named Taylor Swift? Never heard of her. <laughs> I knew it was going to be a Taylor Swift thing. That's 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 that if, that's. I Shannon's don't know favorite. Shannon very well, but that is a thing I know about Shannon. If, if if there's one thing you need to know about her, it's that that's her that's her girl. And Harry Potter. Two things you need to know about Shannon: that she's real, and she likes Taylor. <laughs> yeah. So Jason, for for a long time, Jason didn't believe that my wife existed because he had never met her before. And I'm like, you know, that's not how life works, right? <laughs> no object permanence. It's, if it's not in front no of me, object it permanence. Yes. So I'm like, well, damn. There's a lot of shit that doesn't exist in your world. I guess. I guess fuck the country of India because you've never been there. Therefore, it doesn't exist. So. I've never been there, but I did work with a lot of guys who said they were from there. So I, I, I let that one slide. Don't what you... if this is a simulation <laughs> and everything outside of our field of vision is just procedurally generated? As Dude, as that's a that's one of those things that like that that type of shit keeps me up at night. So I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> Like, like the Chris, whole, you're not... the, like it, oh. we're actually living in a Truman Show style thing, and you're all just playing a part to appease me. Everyone but me is an NPC. <laughs> you're not the only one who has said that I've let a joke go too far. You know, Kevin Ur got very angry at me after 20 years of making Ur jokes. He's like, "All right, dude, enough." Well, you do have a bad habit of taking things one step too far, but at the same token, I'm also kind of used to it. So. Yeah. Uh, there, there is that. Um, so real quick, because we are starting to run low on time here, I, I just wanted to mention this because I do know that uh, some of you have been watching the new sh- these new shows. So I just wanted to touch on them real quick because uh, I have not seen Peacemaker yet, but I know some of you have been watching it. And I want you guys to talk about it. So good. So good. It's on my I'm radar. until everything drops so I can just binge the shit out of it. Well, there okay, you go. So, my, so I'm the only one that's actually watching it right now then? Yeah, I haven't seen anything. Well, yet. how are you enjoying it then? I'm really liking it. I, I, you know, I was talking to one of my coworkers the other day. He's like, "Yeah, you know, I haven't watched the new Suicide movie yet." I was like, "All right, well, you definitely have to watch that first because it, it really picks up where that left." Especially, you know, there, there's a scene at the end that sets up the show, so you've got to make sure that you you watch that first. But it's 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 hilarious, and you know, 
John Cena as just you know if you if you've seen the Suicide Squad like John Cena as like a douchey dude bro that thinks he's doing the right thing it's just it's fucking fantastic you know his his pet eagle named Eagley again <laughs> just... I stand by the fact that they missed a huge opportunity in the Royal Rumble instead of having Johnny Knoxville Eagley should have been in the Royal Rumble. I saw I saw a meme that somebody was like, if John Cena doesn't come out uh, dressed as Peacemaker, I will be mildly inconvenienced. It was like the sign of like, if Cena wins, we riot, and it was like other other text over it. Oh yeah, it will be I'll mildly be inconvenienced, which is hysterical. But but it's it's such a great show. Uh, you know, if you want to wait till till it's all there to binge, uh, that's that's fair enough. But uh, you know, I, I've been watching it every week. Um, I'm liking how it ties into the to the DC EU movies, and uh, I don't know if if this is like a limited series or if it's going to continue beyond that. I really like as a as a metal guy, I really like that there's all of these references to like 80s metal. There's this weird the opening. If you haven't seen the opening, the opening is this band. They're from like. Norway or Sweden or something, but they they do like an '80s metal style, sort of similar to how Steel Panther like plays in that style. And the entire opening to the show is all of the main and and somewhat secondary characters of the show doing this weird fucking dance number to this '80s metal sounding song. It makes me think of like if you've ever seen the show Legion, uh, that Marvel show. Um, where it just went into this random fucking weird shit. Like, that opening to Peacemaker makes me think of all the weird shit. And Legion is one of those shows where, I, I don't know if you guys ever watched it, like, I watch TV somewhat passively, like, I'm usually playing a game on my phone or doing something, and the TV's on in the background. Legion, I had to fucking just pay. That's a, that's a show that you've really got to pay attention to, or you're going to miss a lot of stuff. Um, and, and there hasn't been a show like that for me in a while or since that show ended. Um, but that dance number at the beginning <laughs> for the opening of Peacemaker makes me think of that. And uh, I'm just I'm really digging it. Um, and the I opening think that, song uh, is done by Norwegian glam rock band Wigwam. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's a great. And, and there's also band. I mentioned I mentioned Steel Panther. There is a there's a one of the episodes where somebody's talking about how their favorite song is. Uh, or one of their favorite songs is Pumped Up Kicks, and they're like, you know, that's like about a school shooting, right? And then in the credits of that episode was like an 80s metal-sounding version of Pumped Up Kicks, and they actually got the singer from Steel Panther to do the vocals for that cover. Nice. Nice. Okay, so... And they have like a, they have like a Spotify playlist of all of the... You know, not that I... You guys know if you listen to my show, I am not a Spotify person. But apparently they have they've been they've having they have this running Spotify playlist every time a new episode comes out of the music that was in it. So there's like a Spotify playlist somewhere like the music of Peacemaker. So you can you can find that there. Nice. Yes. Um, and then I also want to quickly talk about uh, the book of Boba Fett asterisk that's we've been watching. Say the book of who now? <laughs> yeah, the the, the book, book of, of Dinjarin. Mandalorian two point five. Right. Well, well, so I, you know, what somebody funny, actually was... said that though. That was actually the whole point of Book of Boba Fett in the first place was it was going to be Mandalorian season two point five, and I was like, well, well how is this going to be Mandalorian season two point five if he's not in it? And then, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I've done the last two episodes, and so I haven't 
actually watched it, though I've seen a couple things. Well, I'll, well shows up. I'll tell you this. Well, right. The last two episodes feature almost no Boba Fett. One episode, he's not there. And as Jason and I were talking before the show came on, he's in the last episode, but he has no lines. It's like Return of the Jedi, minus, as Jason pointed out, minus the Sarlacc scream. He has no lines. But, yeah, uh... I, well, what's funny is when they first sort of revealed that Book of Boba Fett was a thing in the the after credit scene of season two of The Mandalorian, I know that some friends and I were debating whether or not Book of Boba Fett was going to be its own show, or if the third season of Mandalorian was going to be subtitled The Book of Boba Fett, and then Disney, and, and, and enough people had that question that Disney had clarified, no, it's a separate show. But where they've gone with it with these last two episodes where there really is no Boba Fett, I, I posted on my own Facebook that I really think that it might have been beneficial to make it the next season of The Mandalorian with with the subtitle The Book of Boba Fett. I think that there would be less because you know, seeing like IGN ratings and, and other sites, like I think that it wouldn't, you know, like they're they're very well done episodes, and and then they get poor ratings. It's like, well, this is a book of Boba Fett episode that Boba Fett wasn't in. Like, if they had just made it the Mandalorian, and made it like part of season three, not even the full season, just like the first part of season three, subtitle it the Book of Boba Fett, it would probably be rated better and received better. Not that it's there's there's anything to you know. The only real criticism is. Why is this called Book of Boba Fett and then Boba Fett's not there or only mentioned fucking once in this episode? No, I get it. I get what they're saying. But the whole point is, in order to tell Boba Fett's story the, the proper way that they're doing it, they had to incorporate Mando back in because he's going to play into it. So well, the, I think the thing, though, is, too, it's a, it's as a it's at this point, they haven't said there's going to be a second season. So it's a limited series of seven episodes. The next episode is the finale and you haven't had Boba Fett in the last two. Like that's a little bit fucking weird. Yes. But at the same time there it's a lot of it's been set up. And I think the last episode is going to be this, this battle that's going to happen that they've been building up towards. And so we'll see where that goes. And I have my big question is who's going to show up. Because well, obviously, what we've seen the last two episodes, we have no idea who will just randomly show up at this point. Yeah, in fact, my biggest markout moment wasn't for the characters that we've we've seen before on here. It was for the character making his live action debut. When I'm like, "Holy shit, is that?" And then I was right. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I freaked out this... when I saw that he was included in the show oh my god dude i was like i was like so who is this guy and then i I, i'm squinting into the sand walking in i'm like wait a minute and like i that was one of those like i sat up on my couch kind of things like and started like like jason said there was no phone it was me sitting on the edge of my ass what the hell am i about to watch yeah i what was funny was i was watching that right after it posted because they posted like 3 a.m and I was brain farting on the character name, but I knew who it was, and I was like, and and I I really like the character of Cobb Vanth, and when I saw the other character coming through, I was like, oh no, that's not good. Did you see the <laughs> meme where it was I shot the sheriff and I also shot his deputy? <laughs> <laughs> and I I thought that one was pretty funny. Shot the because deputy. Cobb Vanth takes okay. a Cobb Vanth takes a shot to the shoulder, but that deputy's dead. Yeah. That deputy's done. <laughs> like he got. Well, I, 
before before they even revealed because that episode was called like the character from the desert or the the, the man of the desert or whatever. I was like this fucking random deputy. He's gonna die. He's not going to survive this episode. <laughs> Bro, you didn't even get a name. You friggin' red shirt. You're done. The stranger yeah. in the desert. I think it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, without naming him, for my money, the character we're talking about is the actual best bounty hunter in the galaxy, not Boba. Yes, you are correct. Well, and that's just it. The Book of Boba Fett is humanizing this character that had this big, badass backstory and everything. But I think that's also, and I've, I've seen people bitch about that, but I think that's actually the point is they're like, no, this is who Boba Fett always was. It's not our fault that you created a headcanon. Right. Yeah, you created this false idea of who the character was with no real basis to say yeah. it on. So I'm going to answer a question that I uh, that I was asked in the Chris O'Mealy tournaments group, um, because I the tournament is the, the, that that round is passed, and so you don't want any comments on the thread. Uh, somebody was curious as to why I dislike the character of Ahsoka Tano, and so I'm going. I would like to hear this as well. Yeah. Right. So. So basically, when Star Wars The Clone Wars, the series, came out uh, back a bunch of years ago on Cartoon Network, and they introduced Ahsoka, I was like, "Ah, all right, well, obviously this new character is going to die, because she doesn't exist in any of the movies. So I never developed an emotional attachment to Ahsoka. And then as the show went on and went on and went on, I was like, all right. When the fuck is she going to die already? <laughs> and really started to resent her existence because it's like you, you don't exist in the movies, so you have to die. There is no other fate for you. Just get it the fuck over already. <laughs> and then it never happened, you know. And then when there was, and then when when the character appeared in Mandalorian, and then when there was the announcement of the, the Ahsoka's going to have her own series and everything, I was like, all right, I guess I'm stuck with her. And so then when there was epi- there was that like three or four episode arc in the final season of Clone Wars when they brought Clone Wars back on Disney Plus we were like all right this is annoying but I get it but I still just want this fucking character to die cuz <laughs> that's what I was conditioned to believe was going to happen just make it fucking happen already So your own headcanon prevented you from liking the character <laughs> pretty much Which is funny because they've even said that like yeah Yoda, Yoda was wrong in Return of the Jedi. Luke wasn't the last Jedi because several did survive and were still out there. But they were well, such... technically Ahsoka's not a Jedi. But... Okay, that's, right. that's fair. And that's fair, yes. And also, based on how Rise of Skywalker ended, it's very possible that Ahsoka will die between these events. Well, so how... and, then I, and then I'm going to say spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't seen a show that aired a bunch of fucking years ago. <laughs> There was that whole thing in Star Wars Rebels where Ahsoka went up against Darth Vader and was assumed dead and then was, like, pulled out of the timeline to not die to come back. Like, she definitely should have been dead at that point. Yes. Which explains why Yoda maybe didn't mention her because maybe he assumed she died, but he had no way of knowing what happened in the whole realm between realms situation. Well, yeah. to circle back to something we were talking about earlier, time travel's a bitch. <laughs> Wibbly-wobbly. Wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey things. All right, like I said to Chris... My Matt Smith sonic screwdriver right here in front of me. Oh, there you go. Bill okay. and Ted's excellent adventure has done time travel better than anything since. Yes, and I agree with that. Uh, before we close out this week's episode, uh, two things I want to announce. Number one, 
Uh, quickly, let me do the plugs real quick. Check out our awesome partners, The Blake and Sal Show, The United We Fan Podcast, Watch Me Cook with Tom Dickinson on YouTube, and our newest partner, the IWEP Network. If you guys are looking to travel, we got a... You know, before you know it, the weather's going to get favorable. It doesn't seem like it right now, but <laughs> weather will get favorable, start traveling again. Yeah, boy, Adrian Cotton's out there, emersoncotton.intellitravel.com, with motivational vacations. Book your next trip through him. And very quickly, I want to just co- touch on a couple of comments from last week's episode that mo- m- most were made by Ellis, because this is how this is working now. Um, he's, he's homeless. He's got nothing else to do. Exactly. He has almost completed the National Pokédex in Pokémon Home, so good on you for that one. He's a f- he's never gotten into Final Fantasy because he doesn't enjoy turn-based combat, but he likes the fact that you can pick up any game without needing to play the previous one. Uh, I yeah, actually unless, unless you pick up ten two. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Um, I do remember Virtual Springfield, but I had forgotten about it until he mentioned it, so. But yes, there was a Virtual Springfield game on the PC. You would, huh. And I, I forgot that that existed. He also said that he is good and will do whatever the fuck he wants within reason, and then in his very next comment talks about how once you have two kids, it becomes hard to get away. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, so you don't do whatever the fuck you want within reason. I can say having two kids myself, that is yes. fucking difficult to do goddamn anything. Yes. Well, it is what it is. By the way, Chris O'Mealy, my kids were super excited when they said, who are you doing a podcast with? And I said it was you. They were like, oh, that's great. Oh, Even well, though like they, they hardly know who you are. They're like, oh, it's Chris O'Mealy. Cool. Well, th- <laughs> thank you, Nick and Alan. I, I very much appreciate that. Uh, to close out the show this week, I'm going to go around the table one more time. If you guys have anything you'd like to plug, go ahead and plug it. and Or just give us some final commentary about what y'all have been doing. Uh, Jeff, why don't you tell us about what you've released this week and if you got any plugs that you want to j- throw out there. Well, like I said, I just released the 50th episode of uh, Ranking Tracks. I'm going to do a standalone episode for, since we don't have anything talking sports... I'm going to uh, review the depth charts of the upcoming Super Bowl and give my Super Bowl prediction. I also have another episode of uh, Real Paranormal Talk coming up uh, probably on Tuesday or Wednesday. Very good. And uh, if anybody's interested in some new reading material, Jeff. Yes, I have my uh, six books that are currently available on Amazon. You can also buy two of them on barnesandnoble.com. And eventually, I've kind of hit a wall working on my seventh book, which is going to be so badass that I'm impressed that I even came up with the idea. There you go. Uh, Jason, I know you said that you don't have – your podcast doesn't have anything currently planned right now, but – what can't? What would you what, like to? Well, what, what I will say to to anybody that's listening is uh, booking guests on my show is really dependent on mo- uh, not all of the time, but a lot of the time, uh, talent bookers and what have you, PR people. They don't want to book people on my show until I have a bigger following. So if you wanna you wanna help out, follow J Bunny's Music Hub on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Help me to get those numbers up and book bigger guests. That would be fucking fantastic. 
you know, you can listen to all of the shows through CKCC Radio. Uh, Chris has posted them all, even though the website is not updated on the last two. The other uh, 64 are on we... the website, and all 66 episodes are available through the channel. I do appreciate <laughs> that. Um, you have more of my episodes online than I do through my own my own uh, feed, so that's I appreciate that. Welcome to the uh, welcome to the hell of doing shit for free. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unrelated to the podcast, um, I am always playing Pokemon Go, and my Pokemon Go, I have a task I need to complete in the next three days that says to trade with three people. So if anybody wants to trade with me. I am I'm open to it. Can you do that <laughs> remotely at all? Or is that still Yeah, oh, totally, yeah. Yep. Okay, I did not know that. I will trade with you then. Oh, cool. I'll be Perfect. more than happy to trade with you cuz I've got shit that I hold on to specifically to trade it for like those distance trades that you get from eggs, so. Yeah, yeah. And I have and if you have any of those things where like trade the thing so you can instantly evolve it, I've got a bunch of those, so. Yeah, I think that that was a mechanic that they put in with any Pokemon that in the the regular games trade evolves. If you trade that Pokemon with somebody, I don't think it tra- I don't think it evolves right away, but you can evolve it without needing to use any candy. Yeah, which so. is pretty cool. Um, and then Brian, I know you don't actually have like a podcast or anything, but you have been a, a wonderful loyal patron. So we do appreciate your your support and everything. Um, do you have oh, anything that you would like to plug at all? Not necessarily. I am happy that we finally got to start a new D&D campaign yesterday. Oh, you could plug that. that. We could definitely plug that. I mean, yes, we did. We uh, we started participating in a new D&D campaign that I, I kind of wish Eric was here to talk about because... He's DMing he's it. He's DMing it, and he's doing very good. It's homebrew. It's all coming out of his brain. So I have no idea what's going to happen, and I'm terrified because Eric's brain's a scary place as it is. <laughs> Yes, not it to, is. Not to, <laughs> not to interject on, on on Brian's segment here, but I gotta say, I've never I've never played. I, I am I am I am seeing someone that is very into D anD. A good friend of mine uh, works in the industry of like D anD. Um, and and plays a lot. There you go. Never, well, let I've me never played myself. Well, let me quickly just put this over as a positive thing because I've only ever played D anD. D two other times in my life, and. I did a campaign back – this was an in-person thing. We would get together at my buddy Paul's house. Uh, Paul is an active listener of the show, so shout out to Paul real quick. He would host at his house. He was usually the DM, and then on occasion, Eric was actually DMing those games too. Um, and it was – they were usually very simple campaigns. It was very easy to follow. Paul was really into the lore and everything, so he was good at helping build characters. And we had a ton of fun playing, but those were all in-person sessions. I tried getting back into it a couple of years ago with uh, Mike Underwood, who's part of the Club Kayfabe community. He had started DMing, and I'm not going to mention anybody by name, but there were two people that were playing with us that turned me off to the whole game because we sat down to do a session. In a three-hour time span, I got two turns the entire time. Because there were just two people who wouldn't let the campaign move along. And I didn't want to play anymore. But Eric found a really good balance. We only played for like two hours yesterday, but we did a lot. A bunch of flying snakes tried to fuck with us. And that was really annoying. And I'm really happy that I got to slam my Warhammer down on one so hard that it obliterated. So I got a kick out of that. Uh, Dan Force lightninged another one into non-existence. You did force lightning one into non-existence. But my favorite was Dan... 
shot one between the eyes and pinned it to a tree, and then was basically just bitch slapping the air while another one was fucking with him. Because another one he kept... got into close range and he was just flailing his sword. <laughs> he was just flailing his swords and couldn't get it. So he did a nice little badass moment, and then there was nothing badass about the follow. But they've been really good because they helped me create my character. And I'm not good at character creation because D&D can be very in-depth, but if you... Which is if, part of the reason why I like it, but yeah, it is very daunting. It, it can be very you daunting. no idea what to even do. Yes, but so what I would tell you, Jason, if you really wanted to get into the campaign and even and even hook up with our campaign... Um, they yeah, can, it's they set can, up as like anybody could join in at any point, yeah, realistically. Yeah, realistically, yeah, that's actually how he set it up. So mm-hmm. you could create a character and join up with us... And if you just give them a good general basis of what kind of character you'd like to play as, like what your you think your play style would be, they can help you make a character. So just as an example, I really wanted to play as a frontline warrior so I could go smashy smashy, but I also wanted to be a healer so I'd be important to the group because you need it you need a good healer. So they and made thank me thank God you were a healer, because oh my god. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was almost death. We we almost lost Dan in the first game. In the first turn. In the first turn, yeah. Of the first combat encounter. And you almost died, too. Twice. <laughs> so, but, yeah, so so I'm a mountain dwarf who swings a warhammer but also is a cleric. Named Kristoff O'Malley. Yeah, Kristoff <laughs> O'Malley is the character. Nice. Uh, so... Well, because it's kind of like a, it's kind of like that Joey Image mindset. His original gimmick name was JJ Image, but people would call him JJ in the locker room, and he wouldn't respond to them because he didn't know they were addressing him. <laughs> so, and I'm I'm kind of like that. It, it's hard for me to fall into a character like that because I'm not an actor. So Actually, I, I don't know. I've gotten I've gotten so accustomed to people addressing me by either my first name, an abbreviation of my first name, my last name, or just J Bunny. Like there are people that just call me that. Like call yourself J Bunny. Or call yourself Jason, like that's Jason, which is what we used to call you. So that's true. So I want to thank you, gentlemen, for for stepping up when my other cohorts went out. I almost didn't record this week because I was feeling like crap when I woke up this morning. But I started feeling better, and they started feeling worse. So I was like, "All right, well, we're either not you sound you sound pretty good. You sound." I did not. I you see you sounding. I did not sound good when I woke up this morning. I felt like absolute crap, but I took some Dayquil, drank lots of water, and I'm feeling much better. So I appreciate you guys. As always, thank you for joining the Nerd Table. You guys can check us out on CKCC Radio. And like like Jason had said earlier, the the bigger we grow, the better we're going to be able to give back to you guys. So wherever you guys listen to the podcast... Let people know that we exist. There's so many other shows to listen to on the channel. Uh, just as we were recording the latest episode of the of uh, Race Nerd podcast with Matt Hardman dropped, and Dan's been doing his I Love Mondays podcast where he reviews the Monday Night War week by week, and that's been releasing every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 5 p.m. on the dot. Dan hasn't missed a deadline yet. So there's lots and lots of fun stuff to listen to. So check us out, support us, and if you like what you're listening to and you want to support us financially for five bucks a month, you can become a patron, patreon.com slash club kayfabe. You get bonus exclusive content, and you're going to be the first person who gets to view our new YouTube content, which I am proud to say I have actively started working on the first one. Huzzah. So there you go, guys. Thank you, gentlemen. It has been an absolute pleasure. 
and I need to watch that word around Jason because he has different definitions there. But uh, it, it has always, it will always be a pleasure to have you guys on the show. Please come back and thank you everyone for listening to the Nerd Table. And I bid you all farewell. Adios. Lati bye. This has been another episode of The Nerd Table on CKCC Radio. Check out all the shows at CKCCRadio.com and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.